Hey folks, welcome to the Music of the Spheres podcast. We are broadcasting tonight from somewhere deep in the hills of upstate New York. Wherever, whenever, and however you're listening, we thank you for being a part of our universe. We are two brothers, bivocational ministers, seekers of truth, and drinkers of yellow beer. And this is episode number 46 of the Music of the Spheres podcast. And we welcome you in. How are you doing tonight, Jason? I'm doing well. have uh, at least three cups of coffee in me right now. Oh, nice. You've been hitting the coffee sauce. Well, I was at this, like, you know, function banquet kind of thing where there's just coffee, you know. So you sit there, you're like, well, I could just sit here or I could go get coffee. (laughs) Right. Oh, you you were at that. Yeah, it was like a church function. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. A church camp. Yep. Right. So there's no beer. Right, no, coffee's yeah. the most exciting thing <laughs> happening, so. Yeah, exactly. And I'm coming from exactly the opposite, so meeting yeah. one caffeinated brother and one brother that's the other way, because uh, we had, just now at the brewery, our annual Founders Dinner, Yeah, which is, uh, once a year, we celebrate the people that helped us get the business started. Uh, there were originally 22, uh, no, 27 individuals or families uh-huh. that donated money Entities. to us to start the business. And so part of their deal was that they get a, a private party every year mm-hmm. uh, for that. So we had that this evening right before the podcast. So my voice is a little scratchy because I was speaking to a room, the, the whole brewery, you know, mm. without microphone. Oh, you didn't bring your, uh, your SM, uh, 7B. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did not bring the Shure SM7B. Oh man! And we had a we have a room full of microphones and speakers. Which we could have. <laughs> I know. Up, yeah. But, was no, it's, it's you, you don't want to ruin the intimacy. Oh. So. Just bring like a tiny little speaker. <laughs> we little, had a, a little amp. We had a tiny little speaker sitting on the floor to broadcast the audio from the 10 year anniversary video that we played for them. We didn't think to plug a microphone into that. <laughs> <laughs> So we're like talking over people. The furnace kicks on and we're talking over. Oh, that. yeah. It's loud in there. Yeah. 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 But we gave them samples off the tanks and we talked about mm-hmm. the brewing process, which they, which I, we realized tonight we've never done that with them. We always kind of just assumed since they were the people that helped us get the business started, we never really, we never really talked to them about like, you know, the actual brewing process, mm-hmm. thinking that we give tours every week. They could always come and be on a tour if they wanted. But sure. Yeah. But we talked about that, and we gave them uh, samples from the tanks, and yeah, it's pretty fun. We're trying out a new yeast in one of our pilsners, so it's uh, our Foothills Pils. It's a Czechoslovakian-style pilsner, like Pilsner Urkel is sort of mm-hmm. the standard example of that beer, the original example of that beer, but we uh, we were able to find where we could get the yeast from Pilsner Urkel like the actual same oh, wow. yeast strain that they use in that beer. So we're fermenting a batch of Pilsner right now with that yeast. So yeah. we tried that alongside uh, an actual regular batch of our Pilsner. So yeah, that was, was pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun. People like going behind the curtains. Yeah. Yeah. Gave them a little, little peek behind the curtain. Um, cool. So yeah, that was fun, but yes, tiring. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Being there and, you know, I found like events like that feels a lot like church. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's everybody's there and they're checking in and they want to, they want 
talk to you for a few minutes and you have to, you know, not that you don't want to, but you, you have to like give them just mm-hmm. your presence, right? You just have to like be with them, talk to them and, you know, engage with them in conversation and mm-hmm. which is, you I mean, know. it sounds like an extrovert's dream. Yes. Yes. And an introvert like me <laughs> is happy to be sitting just in they the were emptying your bucket. <laughs> yeah, yes. And now you're here to fill it up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Cue the warm and fuzzies. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was good. It was good. It's it's become like a it's like a family reunion because we always oh, do yeah. it early in November, and so we yeah we do that. Um, do you usually have it on the same day as church? It's almost always on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about you, but on a Sundays wipe me out. Just Sunday mornings. It's like the, yeah, like uh, the emotional energy that it takes to do a Sunday morning. Yeah. You know, it's not I'm not like digging a ditch or right. like laying brick or whatever, but it's like you get done with it and you're like, whew, tired. Yeah, it's like um like I could still do something physical after, but like trying to speak in full sentences <laughs> seemed to be a problem. <laughs> It's like my brain capacity was, because yeah. we used to do the two services every oh, yeah. Sunday, and it was yeah. just like, it's just a lot of my brain working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it would just be like, I'm done. Yeah. Done for today. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. I remember like good Sundays would, would be like church service, like everything goes well, you know, you, you're very present with the people and then you go mm-hmm. home and it's like, now I'm going to make bread. You know, uh-huh. which is like, right. I don't have to talk to the bread. Yeah. I just push on it with my hands, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and, and then you got to wait for it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, oh, no, no, I'm making bread right now, but that dough has to rise for two uh-huh. hours. So I got to go and sit down in yep. two hours. I get up and I'm, cause I'm still making bread. <laughs> right. But yeah. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I really like. Uh, mow the lawn with uh, an old, you know, battery powered. The batteries would run out. Oh yeah! And I just gotta sit there, like drinking some water or something. <laughs> you gotta wait, just, for like these. staring into the trees. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you looking at that tree? Ah, my batteries are charging. I'm mowing the lawn right now. Actually, <laughs> yeah. you don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what that's that's what Sundays are like. Uh, I guess as a minister, it's not it's it's not like there's no complaining. It's just it's a different kind of. Um, expending of energy that happens on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And then this Sunday morning you were you were at church so it was it was kind of an epic service. It went yeah. it was a lot packed into today. Um so it was all good. I think it was a Yeah, there've been much shorter services like just in life that have felt a lot longer than that one did. Yeah. yeah. Which is good. That's Yeah. A, that's it was it was long in time, short in feeling. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, that's kind of what we go for. <laughs> but deep emotional feelings yes not, yes not small and yeah it was yeah it was good service it was a good good day um so yeah uh all right well here we are uh we skipped right over the first thing we're supposed to like we're supposed to like start off with the the uh science update when it's your week oh so this is your week. Is that how we start? That's supposed to be like right after the <laughs> intro, we like pop right into that like hot right yeah, into something. People have been wondering, where is this science? Yeah, update? yeah. But, you know, we we put the check in like after that. But I guess right. that was kind of like, you know, just talking about the day. It's Yeah. Seems more natural this way. 
I guess so. Yeah. Let's let the show program itself. Why should we try to program it? <laughs> Music of the spheres will be what it will be. And we have lost control at this point. Well, as we've already said, like <laughs> at this point, our, our sentence creating yeah. is even is exactly. hanging by a thread. So. Exactly. Yeah. Let's, let's get in front of microphones for two and a half hours. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. We're really giving our audience the the very best of us right now. And it's even less of an update, really. It's more of a a debate, I guess. Ooh, a, de- a debate. And We're kind of science, but, but just kind of everyone who... Well, not everyone. Um, but today, which no one's going to be listening to this on this day. I know that. Oh, oh, right. So we should say this is the first time ever that Music of the Spheres is recording early. Yeah. You know, we I the the only advice we've ever gotten about podcasting is is let people in behind the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And so we're actually recording this before the release date. Yeah. So if you're if you're a live listener and you listen to our episodes as they come out, we're actually recording a few days early yeah. from that. So we're coming to you from further in the past than we ever have yeah. before. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's when, how that works. <laughs> Most of the time, we're in the past when they yeah. listen to it. Or we're in the future, but they're listening to us in the past. Right. Or we're always in the present. It's such a weird time thing with podcasts. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this is the first time we've ever been ahead. We're right. trying to get ahead of the game. Because what we've, what we've found is we really, we really want to release podcasts every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, our schedule sometimes derails us on that. So we've decided to take the weeks where we think we can get two in and really try to do it. So... So we're actually releasing this uh, on a Wednesday, but we're recording it on a Sunday. So, hmm. yeah, look at that. Yeah. It's called planning. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope the uh, the external hard drive can handle all the logistics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, can, can, you, can you listeners hear the new uh, operating system on the computer? Mm. Because there's finally enough room on my computer to install the latest <laughs> operating system. <laughs> Because I finally dumped all of our podcast stuff onto the first official piece of Music of the Spheres gear, which yeah. is our external hard drive. So Maybe we both sound like five years younger now. <laughs> yes, yes. And my beard is not as gray. <laughs> wow, that's a powerful operating system. <laughs> uh, worth all the three hours it took me to download and install it. <laughs> Make my beard less gray. <laughs> But yeah, so all kinds of new stuff. Yeah, you know, we're, we're trying something new here. We got the uh, we got the hard drive, and as far as I can tell, everything's working the same way. It looks looks good on my end over here in the uh, control room. Yeah, I was actually just wondering because <laughs> um, from my side, like, there's not much going on. I see the I see the apple, you know, from you the just, laptop. Yeah, yeah, I see like, the battery. Oh, I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I could go for some fruit. I'm going to start like leaving you little notes on stickies <laughs> on the back of the computer, you know. <laughs> nice job brushing your hair today. <laughs> What's that on your face? <laughs> I can tell what you had for dinner. <laughs> yeah, it's in your teeth. <laughs> well, I think people are going to be feeling the the effects of today maybe at, when they're listening. Okay. Even though we're recording days early. Oh, yes. Because yes. The, oh, I think uh, I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, the clock changed today. All right. Um, it's, this is one of my favorite days of the year. Right. I was thinking like this. the best part of this 
whole situation where we change clocks happened this morning. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's supposed to be 6 a.m., but it's still 5 a.m. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. Especially like if you wake up in the night, you know, before, because your, because your cell phones automatically change, right? right? At like 3 a.m. or I something. I think it's 2. 2 a.m. Right? right. Instead of going to 2, like at one fifty nine, it goes, instead of going to 2 a.m., it goes back to 1, mm-hmm. right? So if you wake up before that change happens and you look at your phone, you're like, oh yeah, that's what time it is. And then you like wake up the next time and you're like an hour fresher. Yeah. It's just, oh, such a great mm-hmm. feeling. Now, normally like Lila... <laughs> I have to drag her out of bed yeah. to come to, cause she comes to church cause she does the nursery character. So I had to mm-hmm. like drag her out of bed on a Sunday morning, which is not fun at all because I also am dragging myself out of bed <laughs> to go to work. And it's like, you know, this intense work for just a you know couple hours in the morning, but like intense, like mental preparation and thinking mm-hmm. about the day and, you know, trying to stay centered spiritually to go in and lead worship. And then I've got to like, argue with a 12 year old about getting out of bed and brushing her hair and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what she's gonna have for breakfast and like all the normal like morning stress this morning i woke up and she was out on the couch ready to go watching tv i was like this wow. is amazing <laughs> we should have an extra hour of sleep every night <laughs> i don't care if we wake up in the dark and you know go and do church in the dark and go to sleep in the dark if we get an extra hour of sleep it's great yeah I'm sorry, I'm derailing your... Uh, no, I, I mean, I was just going to say, and then, uh, you know, by the time the sun set at like 4.40 today, it's like, oh, well, yeah. that good feeling is over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> plunged into the depths yeah, of darkness. Lasts, like a good 10 hours, you're like <laughs> excited about what has happened. Yeah. And now it's like, I feel like I'm... It feels like you're awake, like into the depths of the night. I know. You know? It's been dark for like six hours now. Yeah. What am I doing awake still? I need to get in my bed. <laughs> Um, I was going to ask you, do you know, uh, there are two states that don't do this. They don't change their clocks. Oh, really? Ever. Like for, for the fall or the spring. Yeah. They just, just, they just opted out. Yeah. I would guess, um, I would guess Arizona and Florida. Arizona's right. I got Arizona. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think everyone, not everyone, but that's kind of like becoming more common knowledge because we're all jealous, I think. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get an extra hour now, of sleep today. We're not being today. tossed and turned. They did not get an extra no. hour of sleep today. <laughs> no, they didn't. And then in the spring, there is that like fun feeling of like, woo, it's still light out. <laughs> you right. know, like, yeah, but you're still like you cranky because yeah, you're like <laughs> the whole day has been ruined. Yeah. You're just ticked off and you just want to throw a fork into the like drywall. <laughs> But you're excited because there's still light out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other state is Hawaii. Oh, I should have guessed that. Yeah. Because they're way out there in the ocean. There was an Earthwise article um, about in 2020, the American Academy of Sleep Medicine published a position calling for the abolishing of daylight savings time in favor of fixed standard time, which we just went back into. Right. So now we're back to like what it's supposed to be normally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And why do you think they, uh, do you have a hypothesis about why they would choose standard time over 
the daylight savings. This is what organization? The uh, American Academy of Sleep Medicine. Yeah. Uh, it connects to a previous episode. Oh, oh, yeah. Because it like this time is better connected to circadian rhythm. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. You can... I don't... But it's like to me, it's like I don't, I don't know about if I agree with that. But that's just just be, that could just be the latitude at which we live, though. Yeah, you know, because it's like it gets dark so early, mm-hmm. like you can't go to bed at <laughs> like. Am I really supposed to like when it gets dark? Go to bed at like five fifteen p.m. Yeah, they say it cl- most closely matches mm-hmm. our circadian yeah. sleep cycle. Um, because the daylight savings time results in more darkness in the morning, more light in the evening disrupting that's our true. natural rhythm that's true you know we want to have our yeah our dinner and just be in the dark yeah I that's true i if i had to choose i think i would choose like uh yeah not having to get up in the dark that angers me more <laughs> <laughs> you know than than it getting dark while i'm still awake I don't mind that as much, mm-hmm. right? I don't mind. You're right. I don't mind like, okay, it's dark, but I can be inside and sort of s- settle into my evening and do whatever I'm going to do. Right. But when I have to wake up and go and do something and it's like, oh my, it's still dark outside. <laughs> Why am I even? Yeah, the world is still sleeping. Yes. So the, should I be. The sun's not even awake yet. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the sun's <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> the lazy sun. And they're dreaming about the moon. <laughs> they're always chasing around this earth. <laughs> She's so elusive. Oh, that it's moon. just a big game of monkey in the middle. <laughs> Celestial monkey. We, we are the monkeys. <laughs> that's yeah. That's about right, I guess. Yeah. Well, this is why people that's listen the, to this that's show. That's the science update. Yeah. <laughs> the hour, the extra hour of sleep that we got is clearly showing yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Ben Franklin. I know it's your fault. Is that where it came from? Where did it come from? There's so many mixed stories. Some people tell you it's about the farmers. Some people tell you it's about like businesses that that could benefit from things later in the evening, like golf courses and stuff. It's like I I hear different stuff. And then I hear different things about who wants to abolish it for what reasons. And it always seems like it comes down to either politics or money. But then you hear this and it's like, okay, well, at least this is about like sleep. Now you do know that in the springtime when it, when you lose the hour of sleep, it really messes with people's... Uh, yeah, that one's worse, it yeah. seems like. Yeah, there's like statistically more car accidents on that Monday yeah. than, you know. But I think maybe this one too, but that wouldn't make sense. It's like you right. get extra well, sleep. Well, uh, physiologically, I, like, I think they said the hour... Um, there's something about like... Uh, oh, this says right here... Uh, their statement also described adverse effects um, range from increased risk of stroke and hospital admissions, um, increased production of inflammatory markers. Mm-hmm. So, like physiologically, it's yeah, just to increased risk of heart attack too. I heard as well. Yeah. yeah. But is it only going one way? Like it would, it would seem to me like the negative effects would only be from taking away the hour of sleep. Yeah. When you add the hour of sleep, it seems like that should be good, right? I, but only probably... if you're like me and you're just generally sleep starved, mm. that extra hour is like a oasis in the desert. <laughs> right. My sleep is like a desert, <laughs> and the extra hour is like the oasis, but. 
if you're like on a regular nice good sleep mm-hmm. and wake rhythm that extra hour can probably mess with you actually right and i think this one is sort of the jumping off point of the um seasonal affective affective disorder oh yeah uh, otherwise known as sad mm. <laughs> I'm feeling sad today. Um, which is a lot to do with the darkness. <laughs> that is true. It's like, you get all gloomy, it's dark at 4.30. Yeah. Um, you just sit at home, cabin fever. Right. Negative thoughts. It's got to be like, it's got to, you know, for people that are working and like one day, <clears throat> one one Friday you go home from work and there's an hour of daylight. Mm-hmm. And then the next Friday you go home from work and, or the next Monday you go home from work in the dark. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> this has got to be a little cranky yeah. making, you'd think. Yeah. And now, I've, like, I haven't always done cycling, but, like, after work would be a time where I would go for a ride. Right. Takes, like, an hour, an hour and a half to kind of really yeah. have a nice one. But now, like, I, <laughs> there's, like, you better do it in the morning, buddy, because yeah. you got no yeah. other option. Now, that's going to mess with your sleep, too. Except for you wake up early, so. Well. I wake up with the sun, which there's oh, less of that. Really, you're one of those solar sleepers, kind of. Yeah. yeah, look at you. Yeah, sometimes I envy you in that department. There's so many things that I envy you about, but that's one of them. <laughs> it's this like getting up in the morning thing. It's like <laughs> I don't know. Like yeah. if, I, I totally understand. Like when I go into wake up, Lila, and the first thing she does is throw a, a vicious oh, yeah. elbow at me. Yep. You know, I have to go in like dodging. Like, <laughs> I have to be light on my feet when I go in to wake her up because I don't know which limb is coming at me yeah. when I wake her the up. The apple's still stuck on the tree in that one. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. fell and got caught by the bark. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, she's so, it's, it's like, so I, I understand that because, like, my first thought in the morning when my alarm goes off is, I want to stab this day. <laughs> I keep a knife yeah. by my bed, not for safety, yeah, yeah, just to stab my phone. Just just this calendar needs to get it right now <laughs> for being the next day. Stop being the next day now. Uh, I, yeah, I was just I getting hate... used to the other day. Yeah, yeah. I was just, I'm still like, I'm still finishing that last day. Don't give me another one to deal with that. Yeah, I got about three more hours of this last day. I'm still processing last day. Don't need to start next day now. <laughs> Yeah, so you want, a, you want a buffer period in between your days. Yeah, I need like a half day in between the days <laughs> is what I need. You know, yeah. maybe it's, you can put that in the legislation. Yeah, the... <laughs> yeah. This life we it's like a, it's this life we live is like a sandwich without bread. You know, it was just right. it's just meat and cheese and condiments all over the place. <laughs> condiments, yeah. Yeah, My hands are covered with mustard running down your leg again. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> Because then it's no good to put in the salad. Right. Now we should talk about... <laughs> Wake up with an eye full of cocktail sauce. <laughs> Great. Yes. Yes. Clearly, as I said before, this hour of sleep is paying off for this episode. Our listeners can tell. And they're going to email and say, please don't ever record early again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So let's see if I can ring this uh, singing bowl tonight. We'll see how it goes. So promising for a second. I thought I was really getting it. It was like comically not good. (laughs) Especially when like the the panel got like like, started like falling out of your hand. 
<laughs> this singing bowl needs an extra hour of sleep. I'm going to try one more time for the mind of the middle schooler. A little better. Redemption. I'm getting. I'm getting cl- better with it. It's, I still need to put in more hours of practice. But that's why we give people second chances, <laughs> <laughs> so they can yeah, mildly <laughs> achieve a modicum of success. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, no mind of the middle schooler tonight. But we did ring the. Well, we tried to ring the singing bowl in honor of her. She's uh, she's not with us tonight, but uh, she'll be back at some point. Um, She's getting excited for uh, auditions for Drama Club are coming up this week. As you recall, she... Uh, Already? Was, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Time change hits is off, off and running on the, uh, mm. on the Drama Club. So they are doing... Well, she'll, she'll probably talk about this next time she's back. Hopefully we'll be able to hear how the auditions went, but they're doing uh, Aladdin. So mm. I've been... Um, experiencing a whole new world the last <laughs> <laughs> the last few days as she's been preparing that song. Uh, uh, it's a thrilling place, a wondrous chase, or well, the other way around, a wondrous chase, a thrilling place for you and me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who doesn't want to, you know, take a little drone <laughs> ride above the streets of? I forget the name of the place. Yeah, I don't know. But whatever you do, don't you dare close your eyes. <laughs> don't do it. Don't. I, I told see you. you. I see you. If you I see you squinting. <laughs> it's because it's daylight savings time in that movie. <laughs> so like, I lost an hour of sleep this morning. <laughs> Jasmine is just like nodding off on the magic carpet ride. <laughs> don't you dare close your eyes. That's how, sometimes how I feel when I'm preaching at church. <laughs> I look out and I see the, like the the head nodders, you know, <laughs> falling asleep. Like I'm not that boring, you know. <laughs> trying to be somewhat entertaining. You have to listen to a sermon. I have to preach it. We might as well laugh about this. <laughs> You'd rather have people laughing at you. Yes, nodding yes. off to you. Yes, I'd rather you laugh at me. Just laugh at the ridiculous. I'll spread the word. That is me. <laughs> At least that's more joyful than... I've got a newsletter article for November, (laughs) December. Ready to go. Uh, All right. So moving right along, uh, we're clearly making good time here. It's good headway. Any uh, any listener communications that are are noteworthy? We don't have any new emails. I'm I'm just looking. The last one we got was from our friend uh, David. And uh, yeah, but anything to report from the uh, social media landscape there, Jason? Um, not that I saw, um, although there hasn't been a lot of time. I really just yesterday I posted the, oh yeah, that's true. We just recorded Tuesday night of yeah. last week. Now it's Sunday night and yep. we're actually slated to record again on this coming Tuesday. So that's right. That'll be three episodes in eight days. That's pretty good. I mean, people liking the... The posts, and uh, that's always nice. Yeah. No comments on Mick Ultra drinking. Nope. Yeah. Nothing yet. Maybe uh, Maybe there's more to come on that. Uh, that, was, that was actually pretty good. Yeah. I, I think there were two left when we were done recording. So 
That's a pretty good podcasting beer too. They've disappeared since then, so they're gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go down easy. Yeah, it's good. All right. Uh, Well, then, speaking of beer, I guess it's time for us to have some. Yeah. Did you bring some for us this week? All right. Did you get a mix pack again? Because that was a good move on your part. You buy a mix pack, and then you don't have to go beer shopping for a whole, like, three or four episodes. That was a pretty good one, don't you think? <laughs> oh, look at this. Is this our first? I think this is our first craft. craft well, I know. Beer, yeah, isn't it? that's what I was going to say. We, we're, we're like, we're bridging the gap now. It's kind of, uh, okay. yeah, it's kind of okay. not quite yellow beer, but tis the season. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. I See, that's the thing. It's like you and I are going kind of in different directions with the with the yellow beer thing, you know? Like, I'm, I'm kind of building up towards... <clears throat> what I really want to drink a lot of on the podcast <laughs> is all of the European yellow beers. Oh, yeah. You know, all those mm-hmm. great, like, you know, German and Czechoslovakian pilsners. Yeah. There's like so many good Belgian beers that are yellow in color. Like, well, oh, it's just going to be a, we're finally going to get, you know, some really delicious, tasty beer to to drink and talk about here rather than just like, hmm doesn't suck <laughs> and sometimes you're like hmm not not good i could use this to water my <laughs> dandelions what was, what was the worst what was the worst beer we've had so far i can't i think that next oh yes stuff. that was so weirdly not beer yeah yeah i don't even know what it, it was like closer to lemonade i think than anything yeah right yeah it was very strange i think yeah. i liked that one na beer that we had better than that. <laughs> I, so, yeah, I prefer yeah. the old milwaukee na yeah. to that yeah yeah, and if you like next, we'll set up an intervention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Email the show. Come on, yeah. we're trying to make you angry. <laughs> Is it anger? Isn't that what generates uh, engagement on the social medias and the? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, every media, not just the social. Where you can ones, be like... a faceless uh, <laughs> anger bot. Yes, <laughs> faceless, nameless anger bot. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my Twitter handle. <laughs> If I ever get a Twitter account, faceless, nameless, anger bot. Yeah, you'll fit right in. <laughs> That's so great. Oh, man. All right. This is exciting. So, yeah, so uh, we didn't even say what it was. You want to tell? No, this is uh, from the... No, you don't. You said no. <laughs> I said, do you want to tell our listeners what? And you said no. I think I said no, yeah. No, yeah. Which is like oh, a... Oh, Is that a saying? It's like a Midwest thing. It's like it's like every alternative rock song. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that one? Is it? I think it's... Uh, uh, oh, oh. The, the first... It's not even alternative rock. It was like Metallica's Enter Sandman. That was like the first time I noticed that. Oh. Yeah. Like in one, in like one phrase, he goes, Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We just said yeah and no, and then also yeah. Like, what is it? Yeah, <laughs> come on. Well, he's feeling very James conflicted. Hetfield. <laughs> yes, that's what happens when the Sandman enters. <laughs> you cannot decide. Yeah. Do you? 
Do you want ranch or blue cheese with those boneless wings? Yeah, no. Wait, no, it wasn't the yes or no question. <laughs> uh, sorry. We'll just bring him everything. And yeah. He can decide yeah, at the table. Decide. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is Big Ditch Brewing Company with a D. Mm-hmm. Um, from Buffalo, New York. <laughs> you can't invert those. It's not nice. No. <laughs> nope. It's definitely big <laughs> ditch. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and the beer is called No Punts Intended. Yeah, I like it. And it, it's got the sort of football, the 10 and 20 yard lines are on there. Mm-hmm. And the color mm-hmm. of the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills. Yeah. And it says American Pilsner. Nice. And what is very fitting about this is the Bills are currently playing right now. Oh, they are. Are they Sunday Night Football tonight? As we speak. Yeah, look at that. Um, are they punting at all? Do we know? I'm sh- I'm pretty sure they p- have punted already. Are they that? Are they that? Which, what's the team? There's one team in the NFL that has decided to just like always go for it on fourth. Is it the Eagles? Um, Some team like just goes for it on fourth down when it's yeah, short the Eagles use, more uh, than anybody else. Use what has been. The tush push? Yeah, tush push or the <laughs> brotherly shove. Ah, the, the city of brotherly shove. Yeah. Um, you and I know about that. We had a few oh, yeah, brotherly had, shoves growing up. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who got the first down, but yeah, usually yeah, you because yeah, you were yeah. bigger. <laughs> first down, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. No uh, no puns intended. Yeah. Now, um, this this beer, he doesn't listen to the show. But the the fiddler in our band, mm-hmm. Joe, he is like the master of puns. Oh, I've yeah. never met anybody better at puns than Joe from Rusticator. Hmm. Yeah, he can turn a phrase. He, yeah, it's amazing. Like he, his wit is so quick with it. It's like, how did you even come up with that? And it's like, yeah, he says it, and you're like, wow. It's it's funny because of how fast he can come up with them, right, not yeah. because they're actually funny, right? Because no pun is actually funny, and they're even less funny the more time passes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, okay, yeah, we uh, could all. Yeah, we were talking about yeah. that five minutes ago. Yeah. yeah, give me, give me a week and a half and some, you know, time to research this. I can come up with a lot of yeah. puns. But. Yeah, that sounds really funny. But he's very quick. He's very quick. So mm. every time I think about puns, it's like, and he can go forever. You like sometimes. We have to ask him to stop. <laughs> okay, thank you. We'll have to uh, ask listeners for their favorite puns. I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What are your Send favorite? us your favorite puns. <laughs> uh, so it was a toss-up. I, I almost because I knew the Bills were playing tonight. Okay, and I knew we were going to be right. recording. So it's kind of like you know our parents are or our dad at least is a Bills fan. Right, we're not right. really, but yeah. Um, well, we learned what, what that was. <laughs> what like. it felt. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like despair. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if, I mean, it feels like uh, when you lose an hour of sleep. Yeah. Exactly. It's always spring forward. (laughs) (laughs) On to the next season. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But they have a, I think it's another brewery makes a beer called Pills Mafia. Yeah, that's Thin Man Brewing. Okay. Also out of Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Big Ditch and Thin Man are both from out there. Yeah. So they got to get in on the uh, whole. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, does our local town have any sports teams? No. I guess not. No, no. We, we had we, we had and then lost and then regained an arena football team. Well, that's like the town over. Oh, yeah. So there used to be a baseball team, which they turned into a golf course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, there's something. I don't think there's anything. 
other than like some college sports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In another town over, we had the uh, single A short season affiliate of the Houston oh, right. Astros for a while, but now they're in the Frontier League. Mm. So, yeah. The uh, Tri-City Valley Cats hmm. baseball team. But yeah, no, no longer affiliated with the MLB. Uh, all right. So, yeah. Big yeah. Ditch Brewing Company, no punts intended. Celebrate beer, celebrate buffalo. I it wonder, says, uh, I just wish Joe were here right now from Rusticator because he would come up with so many great puns about Big Ditch and beer and oh, brewing. Yeah. And I can't even think of one. You know, well, he'll to, have to listen to segment one of episode 46. I know, come on. We can least. even give him a timestamp so he doesn't yeah. have to listen to the first 34 minutes of... <laughs> You could probably make a lot of puns out of whatever it <laughs> oh, was yeah, we talked about. Come on. We were talking about, you know, waking up with cocktail sauce in your eye. Oh, and, yeah. And like, come on. There's something about the party. It's not even a pun. I can't I can't do puns. I just my sense of humor is doesn't make them. <laughs> Are you saying your sense of humor is more refined than puns? <laughs> I wasn't saying refined. I was just saying kids can't. Do I wasn't it. saying that either. Yeah, it's like yeah. a bread maker doesn't make sausage come out of it. <laughs> Your sense of humor is more like a sausage. Yes, yes. A sausage yes. maker. Do you get the link? Hey, that's a pun, right? He nailed it. I don't, wow. Joe yeah, would but, be so proud. But the link between what? See, it doesn't make any sense. I can make puns that make no the sense. The link between the sausages. <laughs> <laughs> and the bread maker and it's all about food which has to do with salads which we talk about all the time Puns on only work part. if you don't think about them too much I yeah think. That's, that's true the, yeah they they don't have a lot of uh, sometimes foundation when joe make i have to think about it for a second i'm like what did he just say i'm like oh wow that was a really good one i, can't, I just can't i could have never thought of it you know yeah. but his brain just makes them it just mm. i think it's the way like he processes life sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Let's pour this into a glass and see what it looks like. Oh, it is yellow, Jason. Congratulations. Hey, there we go. Well, it is a, a Pilsner. It's a 4.7% American Pilsner. Doesn't say anything else about it. It says, uh, because sometimes the best defense is a good offense. This easy drinking Pilsner is brewed with American barley and Cascade hops. Hmm. Meant for crushing during long touchdown drives. Nice. So, so do we have to wait until there's a long touchdown drive to crush this? Well, before this started, the Bills had at least scored a touchdown. Oh, okay. Like a so we can say longish drive. So we can say it's for that. We're celebrating that one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, it's nice. Yes, it's very clear. I don't know. It doesn't. It almost looks filtered, or just cleared from settling. Which we've we've achieved beers this clear without. filtering so probably the same thing that they're just not filtering it Um, i can probably report there's a lot of these going down tonight um wherever bills fans are watching because they have not scored since that oh that first uh, touchdown four mentioned a four mentioned yeah yeah uh touchdown yeah nice we're probably in solidarity with a lot of people right now yeah that's good i mean this is kind of the natural state of the Buffalo Bills. <clears throat> just good enough to provide hope. Mm-hmm. Some teams, they just know they're always going to be bad. Yeah, <clears throat> that's true. And some teams are just always competitive. Mm-hmm. And the Bills are always just competitive enough to think, mm-hmm. like, this is when we're turning around. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so they resorted to uh, you know jumping off of the tops of cars onto tables. Right, right. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> then going to the hospital? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Who wants to go to the hospital instead of the ball game today? <laughs> Every Bills fan raises their hand. Uh, yeah, it's at least you know what you're in for when you go to the hospital. Yeah. The Bills game could be worse than that. You hospital. know, you have some friends there because you've been a bunch of times. It's pretty smooth. Yeah, it's very smooth. It's very good beer. Yeah, um, yeah you don't. I mean, uh, it's clearly an American style Pilsner, which is a funny thing because when when craft brewing kind of came about. Uh, there's this strange like misunderstanding amongst people between the two different kinds of quote unquote Pilsner. So you have like the original Pilsner, which mm-hmm. is uh, Czechoslovakian like Pilsner Raquel, like we were talking about. Right? right. But then also there's a handful of other examples that are Czechoslovakian. That's the, that's the sort of the Czech style. Then you had like the German style pilsner which became known as the bohemian pilsner which mm-hmm. has slightly different characteristics but they're both like really light still delicate beers but with flavor and body and hop character mm-hmm. now differing and then the the, the italian pills kind of came you know along in that so there's this whole like european pilsner right but then those those brewers when they you know their families moved into the United States, came across the ocean and, and, you know, that period of time established these big breweries here. And uh, they started making these beers and then eventually making them lighter and lighter to where you have, you know, the American light lager category, you know, which is what a lot of the yellow beers that we drink are. Yeah. But they get named Pilsner. Like a lot of like, if you look at a Miller Light can, it says oh, yeah. a fine Pilsner beer. Mm-hmm. So there's this misunderstanding amongst the general public in a lot of cases of what a Pilsner really is. Hmm. You know, they'll say, "Oh, I'm like Pilsners," but they've never actually had a real traditional European style Pilsner. Right? Right, They're just talking right. about like Miller Light, Bud Light, Coors Light. That's what I like. Yeah, those are just light American. You know, in a lot of cases, adjunct lagers, meaning they use like rice or you know some other sort of fermentable sugar Mm -hmm. whereas an actual pilsner you know has some character to it whether it's malt character or hop character so when when a craft brewery brews a pilsner it's always interesting to see like what are they actually what is the craft brewer Mm -hmm. really trying to do are we thinking saint louis or are we thinking prague right exactly Right, like because it could be both. You could say I brew a pilsner, and you could be trying to tell your customer mm-hmm. like I brew the Miller Lite version of pilsner, right? Which is just you know cheap, you know light American lager, right? Or I brew a traditional European style pilsner. And so if you say on here it says American pilsner, I'm guessing maybe what big I would love to talk to these guys. I probably could. I probably could get them on the email within a couple of days, actually, because they're <laughs> members of the Brewers Association that I'm a part of. But, oh, yeah. um, but I bet they're going for something in between. You know, mm-hmm. I bet they're because they said Cascade hops. Now, Cascade hops is something that would never be used in an actual European style pilsner. You would use noble European hops, mm. um, like Saz or 
uh, some of the different uh, German types of hops that they would use, um, like Hollertau or you know, Middlefru or whatever like that. <clears throat> you wouldn't use Cascade, which is a West Coast, you know, like citrusy hop. So it, right. I think that's what they're saying when they say American Pilsner on the label is that they're trying to say this is a Pilsner, but we're hopping it with you know, more aggressive citrusy American style hops, mm-hmm. uh, which you can kind of get actually in the flavor a little bit. Yeah. There's that little, like just that little back backbone of like orange peel almost. I don't know if you get it. Hmm. Sometimes I uh, do uh do orange peel into a, scone oh yeah but this is like if you took a pilsner and put a scone in there (laughs) i don't know i don't know if you get it do you get anything like piney or citrusy at all i'll have to keep uh keep working on that (laughs) (laughs) well there's definitely something back to you different about this than like not only the yellow beers that we've had but also like not as corny and bready Yeah, as those. <laughs> as corny as us. <laughs> <laughs> There's another pun. Look at us go. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, there's something sort of hoppy, edgy about mm-hmm. it that is not yeah. traditional to the Pilsner style, which is why I think they say American Pilsner. Because they're not saying like American light lager, they're not saying European pilsner, they're saying American pilsner. So mm-hmm. it's just interesting. Th- that whole thing is it's an yeah. interesting debate to me because I feel like you brought us behind the curtain a little bit. Yeah, yeah a little peek behind mm-hmm. my curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the place beyond the curtain. <laughs> Welcome to the place where sanity goes to die. <laughs> Why am I listening to this? <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. Uh, Big Ditch Brewing Company. No punts intended. Uh, you don't have to be just a Bills fan no. to enjoy it is, one it's, of these. It's a very good beer. It is. It's a nice middle ground. I do like it. It's yeah. not It's not either of those Pilsner things I was talking well, yeah. about. Which... I mean, I, I think people like a good compromise or a good hybrid. Maybe that's a better, more positive way to say it. Yeah. And I think... You know, just to get up on my soapbox for a minute. Sure. Conversations want, like Are these, you safe up there? You need a harness? Uh, just a, just a long cane. We'll be, we'll be fine. Okay. But I, I think I think distinctions... Like, and this is part of why I like that we do just yellow beer here. Because there are so many subtleties amongst the whole category. It's mm-hmm. not just like, look at it, it's yellow, it's not, you know light, approachable, whatever. There's so many different little avenues that it can go down. And this is what I hope craft beer could be actually mm-hmm. you know not just this amplification of how much hop junk can we shove into a given amount of liquid you know and tell people how cool we are because we make the hoppiest beer you've ever seen in your life you know mm-hmm. like yeah you this know, one can, smells like <clears throat> underneath the forest floor yeah yeah exactly <laughs> oh yeah that's this, not what i really was ever gonna drink <laughs> yeah it's just it's just go, it's gone so far in that direction of just sort of amplifying it you know mm-hmm. to the to the ends of of whatever spectrum you can go to it's like okay fine but there's so many beautiful subtleties in the middle of of the way that 
you know, different small flavors can like the fact that this tastes like totally unlike any other Pilsner I've had, but in a good way, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not bad or obtuse or outside the style in any way. It's just different yet very enjoyable, yet also still a Pilsner. Like, mm-hmm. how cool is that? That, you know, you can have a Pilsner and it could be all this range of things and you look at it and the stats that you would look at are all the same, but there's so many little beautiful subtleties about mm-hmm. it. So that's that's why I've always loved craft beer and that's, you know, what I've seen kind of like go away in it in the last, you know, 10 years or so. And mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to see breweries coming back to doing things like this. So very cool. Yeah, because some of like, at least some of my favorites are really kind of the originals where they like were first getting creative and and sort of using it as like you know trying to find their voice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. through beverage yeah i have i have my favorite beer in the world on the premises right now on the premises (laughs) yeah yeah my favorite beer of all time that's a funny way to say it yeah sierra nevada celebration celebration best best beer ever Mm -hmm. like that's to me the world's best beer so. best seasonal best seasonal beer i'll put it best seasonal beer because right. I, I think i think bitburger um german style pills might be my mm-hmm. favorite beer of all time so. and the sierra nevada pale ale is oh, my favorite that's so good yeah so right. of west coast <clears throat> hops right? yeah exactly cascade just yeah. like this one yeah same hops yeah, yeah they're no dummies yeah Cascade hops. Yep. You got a big shovel on there. Yeah, well, you can't dig a big ditch without a big shovel, Yep. as the old saying goes. I think that's in Proverbs somewhere. <laughs> Not the Bible Proverbs. like <laughs> It's proverbial. Jerry's book of Proverbs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You we... buy at the gas station next to the Tums <laughs> yeah. that you're buying. You yeah, yeah. Too yeah. many... You know, yeah, too many pieces of sushi from that same gas station. <laughs> you, can't, you can't knock out a big stomach ache without a big thing of tums. <laughs> Just like you can't. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> How would I have ever made it through this day? Uh, the proverbial Jerry. All right. Well, we're gonna take a break so you can think about puns in the meantime, and we'll be back in the second uh, second segment here. And Jason's got a. Well, we think it's gonna be a brand new topic because he's done with his mushrooms for now. So. <laughs> at least on the show yeah, I gave the book to my wife so she's, she's got the fungus now nice nice so there's still a fungus among us mm-hmm. it's just not among us right <laughs> alright we're going to take a short break we'll be right back on the Music of the Spheres podcast
bubbles in your beer. Yeah? That's kind of like a visualization of the music. Ooh. Well. I was kind of I was kind of working on a sort of uh you know mystical level. I wow. Think. Or a beer pun. <laughs> Did you get a good beer pun out of that? Uh, Not good. We need to call Joe. <laughs> well, you need, yeah, you, you need to like think of it like I was. The first word that popped in my head was mash ton. Yeah, it's like well, yeah, that's that's a con, that's gonna be a convoluted yes. mess of a yeah. pun. I could I could have said something like, uh, oh, it's, it appears that good ideas are bubbling up for you over there. <laughs> I'm not just not good at puns. So, you know? what's the difference between a dad joke and a pun? Are all puns dad jokes? I, th- mm. yes, no, but not all dad. No, jokes no, no, are no, puns. no, because <laughs> no, dad jokes are always like benign. Because you can have like you know slightly edgy, maybe you know bordering on offensive, and also dirty and offensive puns, which then oh. don't qualify as dad jokes. That's true. So you can't say that. But puns definitely are a category of dad jokes. I made a dad joke tonight at the event. What did I say? <laughs> I like stopped a guy mid sentence so that I could like make a dad joke on what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, stop I, talking right everybody now. at the table is just like, oh god, <laughs> you know, because it's like you have to go around and like mm-hmm. you know go to everybody's table and say yeah. hi and talk to them, you know. Yeah. And, oh yes, yes. This guy was like, <laughs> He's a contract, or he was a contractor. He's retired now. And uh, he was talking about this beautiful house that he worked on. And his wife was like, tell him about the cat. Tell him about the cat. I'm like, okay. So I'm listening. And, and he starts telling about the cat. And it's how he had these very specific instructions from the homeowners that he was working in. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he would work on the house when they were gone. Oh, sure. They were gone for like a, you know, a week or something like yeah, that. Some, uh, you know, a friendly feline. Yeah. Yeah. So... The instruction was, don't let the cat out. And I said, what, was it in a bag? (laughs) (laughs) And they stopped and, like, looked at me and then laughed in in pity, I think. (laughs) And then he continued the story about the time that he did let the cat out. (laughs) But I thought that was funny at the time. Yeah. Actually, I still think it's funny. <laughs> well, I mean, when you know what's going to happen, like, yeah. she shouldn't have said cat. She should have said, tell him about the yeah. thing at the place. Yeah. Well, he. Keep it vague so people well, are, you know, like, what? What yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. What, what, place? what thing? What Where? place? Yeah. But he said, she told me not to let the cat out. And I'm like, let the cat out of the bag. Come on. That's the thing. You know, you can't let the cat out. I said, was it the cat in the bag? <laughs> And then I just envisioned, because it was funny, because you envision, like, people hire a contractor, and they're like, see that bag over there? Don't go near it. Whatever you do, you can touch anything else in the house. Don't touch that bag. (laughs) And it's like, that's where we keep our cat. (laughs) Where did that come from? Whoever put a cat in a bag? I don't don't know, but you don't let it out. Once it goes in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Who wants to see a cat once someone shoved it into a bag? Yeah, it's a very angry cat. Very angry cat. Yeah. Don't it's let it out. Nothing but, nothing but nails and claws and yeah. teeth. Uh-huh. Yeah. Stay away from that thing. Dirty looks. Yeah. The whole, the whole nine yards. 
the whole nine lives. It had nothing to do with secrets. It was all about self-preservation. <laughs> that jerk Jerry who was writing Proverbs stuffed a cat in a bag. Yeah. And, then, and then we all stuck with the, you know, not having to let it out of the bag. <laughs> yeah, it's not a saying. It's a warning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wow. Well, would you like to do a segment now? Jason? Sure. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. This always happens on even numbered episodes. <laughs> well, I I don't like to you know, this is our father in me. Like I don't like to start the segment with just like something normal. I have to like <laughs> say something strange and then kind of out of left field like bubbles in your glass and the music. Yeah. Yeah, we watched the so it's uh, very the, genetic. For the brewery we did <laughs> We made a 10-year anniversary oh, yeah. video, and his, his comments in the video, we played it tonight, and I'm watching yeah. it again. I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? It's just, he's like, uh, yeah, I thought this was beer was pretty good. No, you know what? I'm going to go with great. Then <laughs> he start out like saying, I didn't think it was going to be very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he said, he said I set I, my expectations pretty low. Yeah, when I gave Jordan his first <laughs> brew kit. Yeah, I always thought that was just him being honest with me, but now I think he's just been messing with me for <laughs> 40, almost two years of my life. <laughs> yeah, what's the fun in yeah. letting that cat out of the bag? <laughs> keep that cat in. <laughs> just you try to keep the cat in the bag. That's got to be a hard thing to do, actually, yeah. keep a cat in the bag. I had to shove our cat in the cat carrier the other day. Yeah. That's hard. They don't even like that. No. And that's made that's for That's not cats. even a bag, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I let him out though. Yeah, you should tell him. You like, let him out of the box. You should have told him like this could be a bag. Right. All right. Yeah. What do you want? And then you never yeah. come out. You would never yes, come out. Of you, this. Once you go in the bag, you can't let the cat out. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, as I have done in the past, <laughs> um, uh, an enneagram episode. Oh, we're going enneagram. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, a little. Uh, Little, you know, kind of like the, we were talking about sandwiches earlier. This is like a, the bread we've been looking for. Oh. In between. I had forgotten we had talked about sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe this is the meat in between the bread of, <laughs> of other uh, topics. As I try to figure out. <laughs> oh, uh, right, right. Is, you know, is the top of my sandwich yep. going to be the same kind of bread as the bottom of my sandwich or different right okay yeah in the meantime let's just have some ham <laughs> otherwise known as the enneagram the enneagram ham <laughs> yeah exactly um so how i want to start is i want to have you try to figure out which uh number i'm going to oh it's like a quiz about. this is like a game show yep okay yeah i used to do this early on yeah kind of fun yeah, you used to mess with me every yeah. episode. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a more accurate way to say it. <laughs> You're like, um, oh, we're doing a podcast? Great. Yes. I can mess with my brother and then the world can listen yeah, to it's it. it's going to be recorded. <laughs> <laughs> you have so much to get back at me at. Oh, it's like being the younger brother, you know. Mm-hmm. So this is, your, this is your venue. This is my opportunity. The world is your stage. Yep. Uh, so we've done <clears throat> nine. Yeah. And we did... Two, right? I think so. Yeah. We didn't do four, right? No. Oh. Okay. 
I can I can maybe look quick and see. I think it was nine and two. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I'm just going to read some sentences to you. Okay. And when you know or when you think you have an idea of the number, just just like stop me. Okay. Well, kind of like you interrupted that guy's story about the cat. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Was the cat in a bag? <laughs> and then I, I immediately commenced slapping my knee. <laughs> Is the cat an Enneagram 8? <laughs> um, That's great. So yeah, just stop me when you think you got the number figured out. Okay. All right. Um, I can take care of myself, and I think others could do the same. I don't always say things out loud, but in my head, I am pretty sarcastic and cynical. I often feel awkward around other people. I'm okay if people ask me a few specific questions about myself, but I don't like it when people want too much information. I, I got it. <clears throat> oh, yeah? I had it like the sentence before, Oh, I okay. Think. Yeah. Or maybe even on the second <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I think, anyway. Okay. Five. Five. That's right. Did I have it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Those are some of what it feels like to be a five. Um, yeah. And, and uh, this is coming from a, a great book, if you're really wanting to sort of first dive into the Enneagram, called The Road Back to You, An Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery by Ian Cron. Okay. Who also does the Enneacast podcast. Nice. Um on the back, it says, ignorance is bliss, except in self-awareness. <laughs> Just thought that's a good line. So yeah, we're going to be talking about the Enneagram 5 tonight. Um, the uh, sort of like the godfather of comedy, George Carlin, said, <laughs> I think I am, therefore I am. I think. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's the quote here at the beginning of the chapter about the fives. Okay, yeah, so I was just looking back. Uh, I think we have two, yes, I think you're right, two Enneagram podcasts. Mm -hmm. uh, type two, which we did in episode number 30. Okay. Uh, and then uh, your intro to the Enneagram, I believe, was on nine. Okay. Which is episode six. Oh. So episode six and episode 30, I believe. Okay. And now 46. Yep. All right. We're yep, all spaced out. We're just like giving them just yeah. enough yeah. Enneagram. It's, it's like a much broader series. You're doing a series like... Right. You're doing series within a larger series. It's like, like it. series inception. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> series within other series. Yeah. Um, so a type five, this, this book gives it the name um, or like the moniker, the investigator. Yeah. Um, Okay, because I've heard it called the observer, but which is very right. similar. Right, uh, the yeah. chapter talks a lot about observing, investigating well. the yeah. nuclear vessels. <laughs> <laughs> Was that Chekhov? Yes, yes. <laughs> Chekhov style Pilsner. <laughs> that's a great name for a Pilsner. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. that's almost a pun. What, <laughs> what was he? A commander. Yeah, he was like, um, he was the security officer, I believe. Right. Yeah. Like he was, the head of the red shirts. Uh, yes, if it were next generation. But I think at that time, 
it was yellow shirts. Oh. <clears throat> We're talking about Star Trek, in case, <laughs> okay. in case you guys didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> all so, right, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, starts, five. he starts every, uh, most of these chapters um, with, like, healthy, so, like, what you're aspiring to, mm-hmm. if this is your number. Okay. Uh, and then sort of average, if you're just kind of like, kind of like most of us, I guess. And <laughs> That's why it's called average. <laughs> uh, if I were describing myself, <laughs> I think you just made a pun. <laughs> average is like you know most of us. <laughs> oh, there's a word for it. Yeah. <laughs> what is that word for when it's like most of everybody? <laughs> um, and then the last one is unhealthy. Um, so healthy fives, he says. And maybe you're wondering about the Enneagram if you're listening to this, and maybe your ears will perk up a little bit from hearing this, and you might be a five. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you say what the Enneagram is yet? Just I mean, because oh right, yeah. I mean, people mm-hmm. may have not listened to episode uh, right six and thirty. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Maybe I mean, if we're fortunate, we have picked up listeners since episode thirty. That have not gone back there yet. So, right, right. Maybe if you just uh, give a little. So I guess simply put, the Enneagram. At least I'll I'll use a quote from Morgan Cron, just to because he's a Enneagram scholar. Mm-hmm. Um, an ancient personality typing system, helping people understand who they are and what makes them tick. Um, Let's see. Uh, Nine-pointed geometric figure or Enneagram uh, to teach sort of um, how how people uh, live and interact with the people and the world around them, um, what sort of their core values um, make them believe and uh, how that mixed with sort of... Uh, I guess like nature and nurture sort of mixed, uh, how that allows them to cope or thrive in life and or the opposite, um, you know, to let stress and anxiety get the best of them. And, and so it, it's kind of like the, the numbers, some of them interact with each other. Um, not all n- numbers interact with one another, but it gets complicated. But one could say that, it's a sliding scale. Um, you're not fully like one number, but you, um, your energy, just who you are, will kind of make it clear that you're the majority of one of these types. Yeah. <clears throat> the thing that I've always liked about it is that it's not, it's always seemed like it's more relational and interactive than mm. like s- standard personality tests, you know, yeah. which which, try, which just try to put you in a like, okay, this is who you are and this is how you are, right? Mm-hmm. But this one, it always seems like it, it always comes back to how do you interrelate, right? you know, with other people or with groups or in workplace settings. It feels more interactive. Mm-hmm. And it also feels, I guess, more, um, I guess it takes more of a holistic Mm-hmm. approach it seems to me anyway that, 
more holistic than just saying you're introverted or extroverted, you know, like the right. Myers Briggs might. Right. This is this is talking about. Yeah, all of the these types at this uh, on this part of the circle of the Enneagram, they're going to be more introverted, mm-hmm. you know. But you're not just one or the other, introvert or extrovert. It's like you're kind of, you know, there's a little flow to it, right? What it seems like. But I'm curious as you read that, <clears throat> what does uh, Ian Morgan Cron say about the origins of it? Do you know? Like, um. He, I, I it think seems I like because because I think what you read said that it's ancient, an right. ancient, you know, personality uh, inventory or personality way of knowing or something like that. But right, uh, it, like I've only ever heard it say that it's ancient and mysterious. I've never like every right. document I've ever encountered says they nobody knows actually where it came from. Like the Myers Briggs, we know it's like those two guys, Myers and Briggs. Right? <laughs> Okay, like, right, we know where yeah. that came from, yeah. you know, but where did there was no like any and Graham, right? Like they yeah. didn't, you know, it's like Oscar and Meyer. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, well, this says uh, this is in his introduction. Um, so uh, I mean, he says no one knows for certain when, where, or who first came up with this idea, this particular map of human personality. Um. Some trace its origins back to a Christian monk named Evagrius, whose teachings form the basis of what later became the Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, Evagrius and Agramius. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's his his Latin name. Uh, Evagrius and Agramius, Deadly (laughs) Sinsius. Yes, watch out for the slothliest. That's, come on. <laughs> Who doesn't want to just do a little sloth in every now and then? Come on. This can't be deadly. <laughs> Sloths seem to be doing just fine. Yeah. They're in all these them. movies these and days. And everybody thinks they're laugh. cute. Yeah. Who exactly. doesn't look at a sloth and be like, lazy? <laughs> look at him be like, oh, yeah. you're so cute. In Ice Age, he steals the movie. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Oh, man. Kind of watch more movies. I preached on movies this morning. I think you would like Ice Age. Yeah. There's probably a good sermon in there. <laughs> yeah. You can find one anywhere. When uh, yeah. You're desperate enough. <laughs> don't go picking through the trash. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe do. I don't know. Yeah. 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 What? Someone else's trash? Oof. Or treasure? Something? Yeah. My trash is unholy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh. And to the desert mothers and fathers of the 4th century who used it for spiritual counseling. Um, Some say that elements of the Enneagram also appear in other world religions, including uh, Sufism, the mystical tradition within Islam and Judaism. Um, Early 1900s, a teacher named George Gurdjieff, I don't know where he's from, used the ancient nine-pointed geometric figure um, to teach on esoteric subjects hmm. related to personality types. Um, in the early 1970s, a Chilean named Oscar Ichazo happened upon the Enneagram and made contributions, as did one of his pupils, an American-trained psychiatrist named Claudio Naranjo. Uh, who developed it further by weaving insights drawn from modern psychology into it. Um, so it's kind of like this hmm. 
So like living <clears throat> document. Yeah. Or living, uh, you know, practice. So it truly is like ancient wisdom that has been shared amongst different cultures. Like you right. mentioned multiple different, yeah. not only religions, but different cultures, but not only religions and cultures, but different geographies mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah. And th- which is really interesting because as you look into ancient history, you see connections between civilizations that according to our standard model of history should not exist. Right. Like the way that everybody was building pyramids that are very similar all around the world in different places that they should not have been able to travel between. And the pyramids all have similarities to them in their design and layout and things like that. So also this Enneagram, this nine pointed geographical figure used to teach people about what it means to exist as a human Mm -hmm. has been shared around in different ways. And it's interesting that I think it's really actually important to note what you said that it was not until later on that it was used by psychiatrists Mm -hmm. and psychologists and all that stuff. Like it, they just kind of jumped in and said their two cents on it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, so much, I, and I feel like this is the modern, well, I should probably say this for my segment, but <laughs> you keep going here. I'll let you go. Well, I mean, yeah, which I, I like talking about it on this particular podcast, um, our podcast, not like episode 46. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> four plus six is 10, and that's not on the Enneagram. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, that math doesn't work. But um, the energies, I think, is, is kind of a... a I don't want to talk about this just because I find it interesting as a like a person trained in psychology, right? It, which I yeah. do. I mean, I think I will always be using the Enneagram, especially if I'm working with couples. Um, but just the the way it kind of gives a language to the energies that we know are around us, yeah, that are ancient mm-hmm. and have been passed down through generations, yeah, that are just like hard for us to grasp because mm-hmm. our wisdom is only goes to a certain limit. It yeah. kind of like harnesses some like ancient wisdom or d- like ancient energy and uh, helps us give words and language and meaning to that energy. Um, so yeah, back to the five, I guess. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you gave a good... That's that's all I was kind of hoping for. Is it just in case people haven't? Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Rather than that's probably. Well, we could also just I say said. go back and listen to episode six and thirty. And, well, since yeah. we're more seasoned podcasters now, right. that was probably better than whatever happened in yeah. episode six <laughs> and probably thirty. Oh, so. I mean, if they're still here, if they're still hanging into this episode, like yeah, they're just loving this random, <laughs> you know, conglomeration of stream of consciousness that's happening right now because of the time change i'm sure that's what it is yeah yeah it's not the it's not the combination of your coffee drinking and my beer drinking all coming together it's just one like perfect storm george clooney's gonna sink his fishing vessel soon speaking of movie references speaking of stream of consciousness yeah i was waiting for the wave to wash over you. hey you made a pun was that a pun yeah, we're talking about a wave in a yeah, oh, yeah. in a movie that washed away a ship, and you said, "All right, I don't know anything about I can, puns." I'll consider I myself funny, <laughs> punny. Oh, oh right. 
Um, but you you mentioned the word observation. He uses that right here. A healthy five is going to have a balance between observing, a healthy balance between observing and participating, um, engaging with others, um, but having neutrality. Um, they live in a world of abundance. They see themselves as part of the whole environment instead of separate from everything else and everyone else. And then more on the average side, um, it's more of a scarcity mentality. And that leads them to, he, he uses the word hoarding, things like time and space, affection. Um, and their leaning average fives lean more toward observing than participating. Um, and where thinking then kind of starts substituting uh, feeling. Um, they struggle with anything that makes them feel incompetent or incapable. And then, uh, unhealthy fives. So these are, these are really just, I mean, they're short little things. Um, but they, they don't want to depend on anyone for anything. Um, more of a defensive personality preoccupied with security, independence, privacy. Um, so these unhealthy fives are kind of trapped in, Believing there is not enough and often express um, that way of thinking with judgment, cynicism, and sarcasm. Um, stay separate from others and don't engage. So that's just a little a little snippet of the different ways you can go. And then he then he goes more into into detail. So the one of the first things he talks about is speaking of the deadly sins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the five's deadly sin is uh, avarice. Ooh, avarice. <laughs> you want to give that a, a little yeah, Google definition? I might, have, I might have to Google that Look one. Up. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not when something's uh, r- like rough to the touch. That's something. <laughs> oh, wow. Extreme greed for wealth or material gain. Right. Um. But that's not exactly what he means when he uses it. <laughs> I just had a real—I just had a realization. So uh, the quote here, um, this is uh, just if you Google it, you know, they they give you a definition, and then there's like a quote with it in context. He was rich beyond the dreams of avarice, right? So like mm-hmm. meaning beyond the dreams, like whatever avarice, which is the extreme greed for wealth and material gain, whatever whatever that greed could even dream up, Mm -hmm. this guy had even more than that, right? He was rich beyond the dreams of avarice. I remember Captain Kirk saying that almost exact same thing, (laughs) rich beyond the dreams of avarice. And I thought avarice was some like unknown, like Hmm. pagan god or something like that. This the god avarice, and he was so you know wealthy. (laughs) It's, It's like I just realized like this word that I never knew what it meant is because I heard it said by somebody and thought yeah. he was talking about like a proper noun god named avarice makes you wonder how many definitions captain kirk has come up with <laughs> <laughs> yeah he made that one up <laughs> wow um so, so that is the that is the core well not exactly so i'll explain Ooh, a all right all right um so they can experience the world as intrusive overwhelming draining so the world can be a place where demand always outpaces supply. 
So for fives, that um, it asks for more than they want or think they have to give. So fearful they don't have sufficient inner resources to function in the world, they detach and withdraw into the mind where they feel more at home and confident. And so they end up like monitoring the amount of time they spend with others um, and head back to the realm of their own mind to refuel. Um, pulling pulling back into the dock. Yeah. <laughs> almost, so, almost out of fuel. Gotta right. Go back to the yeah. dock. Yeah. Um, so, so in Enneagram speak, the avarice refers more to the fives need to retain or protect what little they already have yeah. than a desire to acquire more. Um, which not only is like withholding their resources, um, but their time, energy, physical space, personal information, solitude, privacy as well. Um, stockpiling things like autonomy, self-containment. Um, they don't want to be put in a position where they have to depend on others. Um, and so the avarice also is um, kind of expresses a desire for acqu- acquiring knowledge, information, ideas, conceptual models, expertise, interesting facts, understanding for how things work. Um, so they look to knowledge to provide them with what many of the other numbers find through relationships and, you know, like social interactions and love and support. (laughs) Um, so this is our first foray into the, uh, the head triad or the thinking triad or even the fear oh right he says the fear triad because you did nine was mm-hmm. your first one because that's you yep. and that's the the gut Eight, or nine, body one. type yep and then you did two two which was the those uh, are hearts those are heart types two three and four yep. yep and now you're into the head types yep. it was uh five six and seven yep. right yeah so obviously they're motivated by a Desire to understand, gathering knowledge. Those are keys to survival. Um, because, after all, what better way to build self-esteem and sometimes feel superior to others um, and uh, insulate yourself from others than to become an expert right. in a niche field of study. Um, he has some famous fives here. Uh, Stephen Hawking, Bill Gates, Albert Einstein for all of their own reasons. but um, So in the end, avarice is sort of... Uh, it's a deadly sin because it they end up hoarding too much, especially emotionally speaking. Um, they have a, like a greed for privacy is kind of his phrase for it. Um, their fear of self-disclosure leads to isolation. Um, believing the maxim, uh, he who... Has the knowledge, has the power. So, there you go. Now it kind of goes through a uh, a few different uh, characteristics that might mark a person as a five. Uh, they prefer to observe. 
it's one one area um observing life from a distance rather than participating in it um right so like if they're if they're at a situation where uh people have to learn a new thing and you're like in a group Mm -hmm. right they want to like watch all the other people learn it first before they try it in front of everybody Mm -hmm. and then they want all the people that were there to go away (laughs) well they try it by themselves before Mm -hmm. anybody can judge them even to the point of being able to practice it a few times so that when everybody else comes back, they can show that they've figured it out right. and can do it without anybody watching them. Yep. Right. And so it like that, it, that speaks to like mechanical things and things like that. He's got a story in here about, um, he's a, Ian Cron is a four, you know? Oh, you, you guys, don't say. You guys, and <laughs> your emotions. Ah, yes. And he's very different from everyone else. Too. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's he, emotional and different, just like I like myself. He's married to a nine, too. Really? Kind of interesting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting combo there. Yeah. Um, that's why they, uh, San Francisco has that team called the 49ers. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they found their gold. <laughs> that's a pun, right? Yeah, kind of. Uh, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about puns to identify them. I can't even see a pun when it's coming right It's like when a word sounds like another word or something. I I don't really know. (laughs) I don't know. You wouldn't know a pun if it reached up and grabbed you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he went with his friend, who's a five, to see the movie Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. um, And... uh, you know, as a four, he came out of it very emotional and wanted to, you know, talk about it with his five friend. But he realized his friend needed to, like, not talk about it then. Mm-hmm. Needed to, like, take a week, <laughs> almost. Yeah. And then would maybe be ready to sort of... Because he wanted time to, like, process. Right, right, right. Um, and he wasn't emotional in that moment. Right? He was just needing time to figure out what it all meant. Yeah, and then maybe in a week they could talk about the movie. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of a pretty eye-opening to what a, a five, a person who's a five might be experiencing, um, with the desire to observe and yeah, with a four barking down yeah. their face, yeah. like "Come on, my heart is bleeding. Let's do it right now." <laughs> and the five's just like now. I can't comprehend your heart bleeding right now. <laughs> um, so that's kind of their first line of defense is observing and uh, seeing what's happening. Um, maybe they'll feel in the loop or be prepared should something suddenly be expected of them. So actively watching, taking in information, filing it for future use. Those are all uh, sort of... Uh, five characteristics. That's so good. Because they do. Right? Like... Yeah, I got this in my little mental file cabinet. This is funny because I know fives, uh-huh. a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, I know you know yeah. some fives. So. I know some fives. Yep. <laughs> um, and then it says when it comes to being um, one benefit of the observation is that fives can remain objective. Um, even if they have like a dog in someone else's fight, like they're, they can be Switzerland. <laughs> Pretty easily, he says. <laughs> Behind all the mountains. <laughs> um, you know, sort through the facts. You know you're a five if you're behind all the mountains. If you look around and all you see is mountains, you're a five. <laughs> yeah. 
Are there? Is there a goat herd? <laughs> Do you have really good cheese? <laughs> yeah. You might be a five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or does all your cheese have holes? I guess would be a better question. <laughs> yeah, some Swiss cheese yeah. is just not good. It's very <laughs> easy to identify. <laughs> but not all holes. I mean, not all cheese with holes is Swiss cheese, I've come to realize. Oh, sure. There's yeah. other cheeses out there that's holy, but it's not mm-hmm. Swissy. And, you know, not all not all soft cheeses are Swiss cheese either. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Anywho. Um, Making uh, sort of like nines, sort of see situations from different angles. Um, so when I was reading this, I kind of like had some moments where like, oh, I got, I, I probably would score a little higher for being a five than other numbers. Not as high as a nine, but there are some things about this that make sense to me. Um, but they're capable of being neutral, so they rarely react uh, rarely react. I said that wrong. Uh, they respond. Um, and then I've said they collect knowledge. He's got a little section about that. Um, uh, they don't want to feel incapable or inept, which is what they believe they are. At their uh, core? Well. Yeah. 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 They don't want to appear yeah. foolish or uninformed. Um be humiliated for not having the correct answer yeah yeah oh (laughs) what's that you said because (laughs) yeah i'm just making random sounds over here (laughs) trying to come up with a pun yeah (laughs) it's 10 15 it's time for puns (laughs) um information junkies which um is maybe the best and worst thing, uh, the internet <laughs> for fives. Mm-hmm. Um, they can fall into a wormhole, uh, the trance of knowledge collecting, and there's no telling when they're coming back. He, His friend, I think it's the same friend, Bill, you know, he keeps talking about. Uh, my printer broke, and I've been on the internet trying to figure out how to fix it. Bill, how long have you been working on this? Since 8 a.m. I looked at my watch. It's 5 p.m., Bill. <laughs> um, so like, that's a five in the internet age. Yes. <laughs> but he knows everything about his printer now. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so kudos to Bill. They yeah. <laughs> um, can compartmentalize, um, which is a signature defense mechanism. Mm. Against feeling overwhelmed. Um, right? We talked about their inner resources being limited. They assign like all areas of life. So job, relationships, hobbies, other commitments into like these cubby holes or filing <laughs> folders as you were talking about. Um, and that way they can say like precisely how much energy they can right. allot. It's a budget. Yeah, it's it's a budget. It's literally a budget. Like, remember Grandpa Ernie's budget box? Do you remember that mm-hmm. when we were when we were kids? I might might have been too young. He to... might have been too young. He had this budget, like a budget box. Okay. Have, do you know what a budget box is? It's like a, it was a little tin box, you okay, know, with all these little extra like 
compartments that would actually fit inside it, like these little slots, you know, and they all actual like cash is being dropped in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he would he would take it out and he would, you know, count everything up and get his total, I'm sure his total number. And then he would like, you know, make sure all the money was in his budget box and he had his money in there for, you know, I'm sure the oil bill and the electric bill and the, Mm -hmm. you know, car maintenance, like everything had its own. But instead of like, you know, you would make a budget on a spreadsheet or software or whatever, like it was a actual physical right. box with dollars in it, you know? And I, dad tells the story of like, you know, he wanted to buy something and he borrowed something out of, out of dad's budget box, you know? And, mm-hmm. and he said every week he'd get a report from his dad. <laughs> like, yeah, you still haven't paid me back. Yep. <laughs> you owe me 50 bucks on this line in the budget. <laughs> yeah. You the know? interest is growing in the miscellaneous. <laughs> box. Yeah. 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 David. But it is. It sounds like it's a budget, you know? It's yeah. like I can have relationships and I can have right. fun times and I can have, you know, my uh, vocational stuff and it all has this allotment. Yeah. Um, he Yeah, he tells a story. Um, a few years ago, I arrived at the funeral of my five friends, Sam, and to my amazement, the church was packed, unable to find a seat I stood at the back and wondered whether I'd stumbled into the wrong service. <laughs> Why? Because you well, apart f- from three or four people, I hardly knew anyone there. Despite the fact that for ten years Sam and I had been part of the same men's Bible study and hung out together regularly, at the post-service reception, I learned some of the mourners were members of an astronomy club Sam had been active in. Uh, others were fellow crew members from a boat he raced on. I met five guys he biked with on Sunday, uh, Saturday mornings and a bunch of bird watchers who had flown in from California. Um, so he says, astronomy, blue-footed boobies. Who was this guy? He was, you know, maintaining friendships in compartments <laughs> in a budget box. Um, and then they like to maintain their privacy, right? Uh, tell each group of friends or colleagues one part of their story but they never tell any group the whole story um, you're learning a lot about your, your fives in your life uh, or or just having the enneagram uh put language to their energy yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah like oh yeah this makes so much sense and why this person did that thing <laughs> which i i was thinking about this as uh as the holidays are coming up <laughs> probably probably should have done the series oh yeah of you should have done it it's like just to prepare for up. thanksgiving yeah, you're all gonna see all these numbers here <laughs> it comes <laughs> yeah and instead of you know getting upset at these people this is just yeah. like yeah how they've learned to exist in the world yeah that's why you never told me about your blue-footed boobies <laughs> <laughs> sam <sighs> um so, of all the types, it says fives are most emotionally detached. He wants to um, reiterate, though, that doesn't mean they don't have emotions, because they're human. Right, <laughs> so, right. Um, but the detachment means they can have an emotion and then let it go. I mean, because they can compartmentalize. It's like right. They, they use, stick it in that right budget box. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, okay. That emotion is there when I need to energize it. You know, she's going to budgetize right. this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then they have the next emotion and then you let that one go too. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, it's, it's more like 
like observing the emotion, isn't it? Like I see it. Almost, yeah. It's like, oh, look at that. I'm really angry right now. <laughs> isn't that funny? <laughs> okay, that was great. What's next? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like a, a four is like, yeah, he, I will kill you. Well, he, yeah, that's what he even says. Um, uh, yeah, let's see. Fives fancy themselves rational thinkers and see the rest of us as being irrational. <laughs> <laughs> in particular they look at feeling centered types like twos threes and fours yes yes and wonder how they can possibly like... waste so much energy on all that inner turmoil <laughs> <laughs> i'm a four he says when it comes to feelings i'm flypaper <laughs> yes i've had feelings show up and stick around so long i should have charged them rent <laughs> yeah yeah exactly Exactly. Sometimes you forget why you even feel that way. I'm still feeling this emotion. You have no idea what the cause was. You're just yeah. still feeling it. Whereas the five, it's the opposite way around. You know, it's like they're thinking about the thing that caused the emotion, and the emotion has come and gone. Right. Like a fart in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> as, as Grandpa Ernie would say. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, that's where Shawshank that's Redemption right. got that line. <laughs> um, but they need time to process the emotions. Um, they might let them fly away, but then like a week later, they'll be ready to say like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. two weeks ago I felt Let's like this because. Yeah. And then the four is like, oh, you're going to drag me right back into this emotion again. <laughs> I just gotten out of it. <laughs> I was just about ready to cozy up to a new emotion for yeah. <laughs> three weeks. Um, I can't even get back to that emotion because I'm in the new one that I'm in now. Yeah. He, he kind of calls it a, uh, like a, a knowledge farmer's market. Um, or, or like a motion knowledge farmer's market. They get in line, they pick what they want, they bag it up, much like that cat. <laughs> they take it home, only they take it out of the bag, I guess. They eat it, and over the next week, they digest it. That's when he talked about um, the movie Philadelphia. Um, and then he's got this little section on fives as children. Which I don't know if you knew any of your current fives as children. Probably not. But um, no, many fives he knows say they grew up with a parent who was intrusive or at least engulfing. Um, <laughs> sensitive and <laughs> quiet. <laughs> These five. Wait, 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 wait. What? What was sensitive and quiet? The parent? No, um, these five kids. Oh, the five kids become sensitive and quiet because Often of the engulfing parent. Quiet, yeah. Um, it was like the start of a new sentence. Okay, <laughs> new thought. I thought maybe it was like, or a parent was sensitive and quiet. Um, the or is um, lacking meaningful meaningful interactions with caretakers. Oh, oh, or lacking meaningful interactions. Right. So it's like an engulfing ah. or... Ah, it's either too much or too little. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Because that's the other thing that's really interesting to me about the Enneagram is how are these types formed? Right. Like, I think if you remember, like, when we talked about the two, uh, one of the things that I remember encountering, I can't remember what resource it was, but that oftentimes a two becomes a two because of the process of reparentization. Mm-hmm. Right, where they have to actually parent the parent, right? You know, whether it's whether it's that the you know the parent is either inept at being a parent mm-hmm. or 
not available to be a parent or otherwise incapacitated, Mm -hmm. you know, or just not great at it or whatever it might be, or circumstances lead them to becoming, you know, a caregiver of their younger siblings at Mm -hmm. an early age, those things can happen. So then you become a two because you need to be the provider, helper kind of person in the family. Overfunctioner, as family systems would say. Yeah, yeah. So this reparentization happens. So so that's the interesting thing to me about the Enneagram is like, it seems like it leaves room for both nature and nurture, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's, you know, because you obviously can be formed by those earliest times in your Mm -hmm. life, but at the same time you come wired in particular ways. Right. I mean, I think nature and, and nurture kind of, it has to be both. Just because of like the differences in siblings, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's like, yeah, those two things have to be coexisting, right? For siblings to end up so different. Um, but sensitive and quiet, these five kids would take refuge in their minds, right? Fend off, hide from overbearing uh, caretakers or whatever it is. Um, as well as work through their feelings out of sight. So they would kind of get used to that mm-hmm. in their childhood. And then it just continues on in adulthood. Um, curious, they're imaginative, uh, comfortable being alone. Many are good with computers or voracious readers, um, or they collect things. Um. <laughs> just think about all the weird things you can collect. You know? <laughs> Fly paper. <laughs> Emotional fly paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where my distress lives. Yes. I've collected that over the years. This is my beef. That's how a four would would collect things. <laughs> Just emotions. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh I'm, seriously, i I am a collector. <laughs> and I have nothing to show for uh, it. Except for need for people like you, Jason, I who are going into therapy. <laughs> I haven't seen this one yet. <laughs> Let me see what it feels like. Oh, yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I need more of that. Um, Usually quiet and self-contained. Uncomfortable when they can't take care of themselves. So they have learned to hold on to themselves instead of others. Um, Find most of their answers to their questions within themselves. (laughs) Uh, They have far more information about things than they share. (laughs) (laughs) Fives <laughs> are like, I don't need any of y'all. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got my books and I got my internet. Uh, my Hulu subscription. <laughs> um, mixed feelings about school. Not so much the education part, but obviously the social aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, those social demands are hard to read, a challenge to accommodate. Um they're very thoughtful kids usually they have so they f- have a lot of fears about stuff because they're like thinking about stuff all the time um and so they appear like maybe more serious than they actually are um have to kind of be invited to be playful uh, and then it feels even then it kind of feels awkward for them um <laughs> But the vulnerability they feel is a lot to navigate. It's kind of all of that in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, you know, as kids, being a five. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, 
And then uh, in relationships, he's got this whole section. Um, and we've kind of talked about this taxing social engagement um, or how taxing social engagement can be um, because they have to have independence, which is, he says, it's not a preference, but a necessity. Um, people in relationship with a five have to recognize and honor the five's need for privacy and times of solitude. Um, saying that at home, fives usually have a space where they can withdraw to recharge. Um, and that high value that fives place on privacy extends to keeping their cards close to the vest. Fives want to get together or be included. Um, they rarely initiate social interactions. Here's another interaction he has. It's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> With his five friend? Uh, this is a different five friend named Adam. Uh, he was surprised when his friend Adam called at the last minute to ask whether um, whether I wanted to join him for dinner. Um, if it were any other night, Ian says, uh, I'd love to get together, but tonight is my wife's birthday and the kids and I are surprising her by taking her to that great Italian place she loves over on 12 South. I explained as a four. Okay, he said, some other time. And he hung up. Uh, later, I contemplated. This is a four contemplating things. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? We always relive every month. <laughs> uh, what would have happened if our roles had been reversed? Would Oh, that's uh, such a classic question. <laughs> the, the whole like, yes, I, okay, let me reciprocate that. How would it have been to be on? Yeah, 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 I get that. What would Adam have said if I had called to ask him if he wanted to join me for dinner? But he had a conflict. He'd say, I can't. Full stop. He wouldn't tell me why he couldn't go, <laughs> where he was going instead, what he was doing or who he was doing it with. That's yeah. private. Yeah. Um, he, would, <laughs> he would provide only the facts. Blowing my mind. I needed to know. You're describing like so much of my life right now. <laughs> um, and then by comparison, he says, I shared insider information about my family's plans. I even yeah. gave him the restaurant's yeah. dang uh, address. address. He could totally get them. <laughs> Uh, the joke's on you, four. Yeah, take that. <laughs> yes, Adam got all the information he needs to do some sort of sinister plot. <laughs> um, and here's a funny thing too: uh, fives need and enjoy being with other people, but don't don't ask them if they'd like to hang out. <laughs> a five wants a reason for getting together, like a birthday party, a movie to go with, uh, an antique car show. A subject about which they have no knowledge yet. <laughs> but if the agenda is just hanging out, they'd rather do that alone. Yeah. <laughs> just hang out? No, that's that's what I do when you're not around. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like to do with myself. Um, not emotionally needy, obviously. Um, In fact, keep them away from me. <laughs> you and your emotions. Yeah. yeah. I see some emotions on the floor. I already... I already went shopping for the emotions, and I went home and I ate them, and now I'm digesting the ones that I wanted yeah. at the store. <laughs> I'm using Pepto for the rest. Uh, they uh, don't have impossible expectations for the people they love and typically stay calm when the folks around them are falling apart. Uh, you can also share your darkest secrets with fives, and mostly that can be held in sacred trust. Um, 
in part because they know how important such confidentiality would be to them if the shoe were on the other fit. Uh, foot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because you drive a fit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're thinking about, right. I really wish I was in my car right now. <laughs> yeah. Can we podcast while driving? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the YouTube channel. Um, fives won't often tell you they love you, but this doesn't mean they don't. Um, he talks about Bill again. Um, I spend 60 days a year speaking at retreats and conferences one or two times a year, Bill will visit my website to check my calendar and ask whether he can meet me where I'm speaking, even if it involves his having to get on a plane and he's already heard me give the talk before. That's love from a five. <laughs> <laughs> but even if you're trying to choke Bill out, he won't say, I love you. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, talks about uh, partners and friends can help them. Uh, by being being patient while fives learn to identify and express their feelings. Um, celebrate it every day if a five has chosen to undertake um, exchanging secrets and uh, more emotions with you. Chances are you're more special than you know to a five. Um, fives at work, right? They're uh, valued for their cool, clear pioneering analytical minds. I mentioned Bill Gates, Stephen Hawking, um, the primatologist Jane Goodall, right? Like a um, observer of <laughs> primates. Primates. <laughs> Aren't we all, though? <laughs> like, like, oh. Fives are uh, more... more. <laughs> Isn't that what YouTube is for? <laughs> I'm just going to sit down, turn on YouTube, and watch some primates. <laughs> I thought YouTube was for cat videos. <laughs> Isn't that how it started? I don't Look know. Look at that cat come out of that bag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't keep that cat. Looks bag. upset. <laughs> um, they're great for like emergency room doctors and EMTs because they remain calm in crises. Um, they can also evolve into magnificent artists because of their observation skills. Uh, Tom York of Radiohead, he says, is a five. Ah. Um, but they love predictability. Um, if the if they know what demands will be placed on them every day, they'll know how to wisely apportion right their resources. Yeah, because they got to consult the budget box. Yep. Yeah. And they don't like meetings, maybe more especially than other people, other numbers. Right? If they have no choice but to attend one, they will want to know precisely when it begins and ends. <laughs> Who else will be there and what the agenda is going to be? Uh, when a meeting is finished, fives are eager to go. So if the person leading it asks if anyone has any last questions. And someone's hand shoots up in the air. This might, this might be more universal, but fives especially. <laughs> fives will bury their face in their hands and mutter, give me a letter opener and this will all be over in a flash. <laughs> uh, um, as leaders, they can over-focus on a project um, and maybe not end up supporting or paying enough attention to other people. Maintain privacy to guard their inner resources, set up lines of defense. Um, but they will surrender their prestigious corner office um, with the glass walls to an image-conscious three colleague. That's the Enneagram three, which we haven't talked about. Um, but they're image-conscious. <laughs> and so you got another spot where people will have trouble finding them, like in the basement, since they hate to be interrupted while they're working. <laughs> Um, 
If you want to recognize and reward fives for a job well done, um, give them more autonomy. Yeah. <clears throat> Independence is what they crave, even if they're working on a team. Uh, generally impatient with group decisions because they don't like long discussions or having to listen to people free associate ideas. <laughs> Do fives listen to this podcast? The answer is no. <laughs> no. <laughs> we can say whatever we want because they can't hang in here. Uh, <laughs> uh, There's too much 49 energy going on. <laughs> 49. Yeah. Everything we spit is pure gold. <laughs> That's free association. <laughs> fives everywhere are cringing right now. Uh this meeting was going to be over. <laughs> but you had one more question, so I had to get out the letter opener. Um, if Basically, if fives know what's expected of them and they're kept well-informed about what's happening, they will perform great. And then we talk about, uh, he's got not, not too much more, um, just some wing talk. Okay. Um, and some spirituality. So... Uh, Fives are wedged between the passionate, intense four, right? And the loyal... That would be me. (laughs) (laughs) I am passionate. I'm going to claim four whenever you make it sound like that. (laughs) Passionate, intense, daring, and debonair, (laughs) with hair flowing in the ocean breeze. That's what he said, right? Yeah, you slid into... (laughs) Slid in a three there, I think. <laughs> it's a four with a yeah, wing three. Yeah. Well, I was safe sliding in a third. So. <laughs> sliding in a three association. Um, the loyal but anxious six on the other. Mm-hmm. Um, either or both of these qualities um, can be available to the five, being on either side. That's right. You know, we've talked about the wings a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so You're just f- winging it. That's a pun. That's a pun. I got it. Yeah. I can do this. But I'm not just winging it. <laughs> no, you're not. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> For the sake of the pun argument. Yes, yes, maybe yes. I, yes. I, well, I made a pun that was not I am, true. I, Is it still well, a pun if it's not true? I have to ask you. <laughs> yeah. I think it can be a pun if it's not true. Yeah. It's still a pun. It's just not as clever it's as one that's false true. false pun. <laughs> False fun. There's a true pun. Yeah. Um, fives with a four wing. Uh, these fives are creative, or more creative, sensitive, empathetic. Um, Did you say empathetic or and pathetic? <laughs> empathetic. <laughs> they have a little more in touch with their feelings. Right. A little heart is oozing in. <laughs> or they've taken down the walls, I guess. Um Often eccentric, though, not sure what to do with their feelings, um, but would rather process them, al- process them alone yeah. than in a group. Um, he, this is where Albert, he says Albert Einstein has a four wing. Um, more likely to experience melancholy. Again, sort of that connection to, the, to all those feelings. Yeah. Um, so the connection to a four is energy and depth of emotion Helps them be more tender with themselves, maybe less emotionally guarded around others. And if you're healthy in a five with a four wing, you're able to communicate your own feelings to the people you, you love. Uh, if you have a six wing, uh, fear plays a more prominent role than if you have a four wing. They're more anxious, cautious, skeptical, um, but they're also more social 
and more loyal. Uh, fives with six wings live in their minds and will question authority and the status quo. And then fives with a six wing are also more relational, right? With a six influence, fives are more aware of their own fear, which increases increases their interest in forming alliances with others um, in various communities they're a part of. So those are the wings. Oh, they're often socially awkward, <clears throat> remain skeptical of others. But getting to know people is more comforting for those uh, six wings. <laughs> Half dozen wings. <laughs> uh, stress. So he uses um, the dichotomy of stress and security. Okay. Which is, you, know, you could use any sort of combination of right. two words. Positive and negative or... Right. Um, What's the uh, the flourishing and uh, struggling or whatever? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So in stress, um, fives move to the not-so-healthy side of a seven, uh, where they will hoard and cling more tightly to things, which makes their world world feel smaller. Um, So they become frivolous, disorganized, distracted, to the point of not being able to complete tasks. Um, Living in their heads, but they... Stop short of thinking through the consequences of their behaviors. Um, and then insecurity or flourishing or whatever it is. Um, when they move toward the positive side of an eight, which mm. he says is a gigantic move. Um, five becomes infinitely more spontaneous, outspoken, physically present. Um, people might say, what's gotten into Holly? <laughs> <laughs> She's suddenly so energetic, confident, and talkative. She finally let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> and it's got eight wings. Yeah. Oh. oh, and it's not wings. The eight-winged cat. <laughs> Can't keep that in the bag. No. Yeah. Um, so five who, uh, fives who want to know and experience life abundant without it costing them more than they can afford to lose um, can achieve that on the high side of eight. And then uh, spiritual transformation is this last little section. Um, Love for solitude makes them natural contemplatives. Uh, They're attracted to simplicity, forming fewer attachments to worldly things. Um, So people of other numbers might envy the five's inner calm and attachment. Um, As far as like on the road to spiritual transformation Hmm. um because as uh let's see david brenner writes uh we detach so we can reorder our attachments and then aligned and cooperating with the inflow of grace into our deepest self we can allow love to pass through us to touch and heal others in the world uh so to mature spiritually fives um can learn this pattern of detaching in order to engage. Hmm. Um, uh, like sixes and sevens, uh, fives have that um, preoccupation with fear, motivated by a desire for security. Um, Right, aware that they have limited resources, they wonder how much information, how much affection, how much energy, how much privacy, how much money, how much anything they can afford to give away. 
and how much they should conserve for themselves. Uh, so he asked his question, how different would five's lives be if they embraced a mindset of abundance mm. in this spiritual section? Um, which is interesting because in the beginning he said a healthy five has that mindset of abundance. Right. Um, right. Um, mentality that says when we give, we receive. Mm-hmm. Um, being more comfortable with dependence or interdependence uh, mot- motivated to live by depending on someone else uh, because there is a humility that comes when we allow other people to take care of us. Hmm. So that's his little intro on the fives. Um, yeah. Awesome. He ends each uh, each section with uh, 10 paths to transformation for each number. So... That I will say, if you want to buy his book, you can read read those. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. And we'll link to the book in the show notes yeah. for sure. It's so. really great. Um especially if you don't know your number. I mean, maybe 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 both ways, like because it was fun to get this and go right to the nine and right, right, have right, my right, mind right, right. blown yeah. about myself. It's like I thought I knew me. And like Yeah. This book like, knows me nope. better than I know myself. <laughs> Hello, me. <laughs> oh, you've been hiding. I am on the road back to me. <laughs> uh, but it's all, it must also be cool, though, to read each number and kind of figure out, um, oh, that's me. <laughs> so. Yeah. And then also to read and find other people in your life. You're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, this is that person. Right. You know? So even if you're not reading about your own number, right? Awesome. Thank you, Jason. Uh, We'll take a short break and we'll be right back for a quick recap on this delving into the Enneagram Take 5 here on episode number 46 of the Music of the Spheres podcast. We will be right back to close out this episode. Thanks for listening. Episode number 46. This is the final segment uh, of our episode on the day that the clocks uh, went. What, they fell back today? Spring ahead, fall back? Yeah. Fall back. Yeah, they fell back today. So we're just running on an extra hour of yeah, sleep. this is the witching hour. So you get I an think. extra hour of podcast tonight <laughs> <laughs> to make up for the sleep that you were doing uh, or that we were doing. I don't know. Somebody was doing sleep. Doing sleep. <laughs> Doing the sleep. <laughs> it's a verb, right? To sleep. Therefore, one does it. <laughs> See? You can, yeah. But do you do a run and go do a run? I don't <laughs> That's know. It's a verb. I'm going to do running. <laughs> do <laughs> running. <laughs> what are you doing right now? I'm running. Huh? Well, yeah, that's a normal sentence. <laughs> 
All right. Well, we're still trying to figure out how to make a pun. We have not mastered that in how long have we been recording now? It's all it's over two hours in this episode, and we still have not figured out how to make a successful pun. But uh, we have to have a call-in episode so we can call in Joe the Fiddler and have him come in here and make a pun for us. It'd be great. Um. All right. So, uh, yeah, fives on the Enneagram. Thank you for for that uh, breakdown that you gave. I really love it when you do the Enneagram. So I'm excited we got six six more at least. Because, yeah. But then you got to get into all the other stuff around the Enneagram, right. not just the uh, the introductions to the types. Uh, and fives are an interesting, you know, interesting that you. I mean, I guess where else were you going to start? Um, you know, with with the the head types, five, six, and seven. So mm-hmm. you went with five, which uh, I I know and am very closely connected in my life to some fives. And so the stuff you were saying is like not only like uh, I could I can understand it, but it, it was like painting pictures in my mind <laughs> of why I've experienced certain things in my life. Um, you know, so. Yeah, so there's there's some fives uh, kicking around. <laughs> if anybody was worried, <laughs> I know them very well. Uh, this, Maybe this you just know all the f- all the fives in the world. Yeah, I know three. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's been a trip uh, for sure. Uh, but I, I really thought so. I'm just instead of like giving my normal like I'm going to go through and kind of respond to some different stuff mm-hmm. or ask questions. I think I'm just going to kind of point out some things that I, that I learned, uh, mm-hmm. or, or maybe, uh, look at maybe where, you know, where I, I might be interested in, in knowing more because I, like you have studied the Enneagram to a degree, not probably not as much as you. I know you, you kind of stay up to date on it with podcasts and stuff, but, uh, but I, I was very into it when we were in seminary cause it was part of our work and I use it with, you know, some of my work in ministry as well at mm-hmm. times. So, uh, so I find it very interesting and, uh, but there's the, the neat thing about it is there's always something to learn. And I've never heard the five described as a type that deals with the abundance versus scarcity, mm. uh, model or, um, paradigm, I guess, right. which I thought was really interesting because that's something that is talked about in other circles as well. I, I mean, I, I preach on it mm-hmm. multiple, you know, in a lot of, a lot of scriptures can come down to that, right? You can understand certain things in scripture a particular way. If you look at it from a scarcity model, mm-hmm. and then if you turn it around and look at it from an abundance model, it can totally reframe how you understand it. And I mean, life is really, that way, right? It's the glass half full versus glass half empty, right? Like, how do you view what you have in front of you? Do you view it as not enough, or do you view it as mm-hmm. more than enough? And it all that, once again, that always comes down to your core beliefs, right? Like we've yeah. been talking about with the you know the DNA field and you know the law of resonance and all that stuff, right? What's the, your core belief? Is your core belief that I'm going to run out? that I'm going to have not enough and that I'm, you know, and so to hear it talked about in, in the five, like I have actually very viscerally experienced some of the stuff you were talking about with, you know, the, the, the five dealing with this, you know, demand of their life 
uh, demand on their life's energy and time or input and then feeling like that's a supply that can be depleted, mm-hmm. um, which is, it's just different than how other people function. Right. And that's what the point of the Enneagram is, is to understand these differences in functioning. Because sometimes without the language of the Enneagram, you don't understand, like, why is this person doing this? Right. You know, like, for example, somebody, you know, uh, you talked about, like, um, you know, a, a person who's a five keeping their cards close to their vest and needing a space in their home where it's just private, mm-hmm. right? That can be completely confusing to a person, you know, if you're living with right. somebody who's a five and you're like, why, why is there so much privacy happening, you know, mm-hmm. in our own space, right? So, but, but it, that can be the case, right? So, so that's just an example to say, like, understanding the language of this can help you to understand the people in your lives and, and or in your life, but the people that you share life with, right? To the point of, okay, maybe I still don't like it, but I right. get it, yeah. you know, which is a, a totally, mm-hmm. a total different, you know, a, approach or a total different thing. Yeah, if you understand why somebody is doing something, it's yeah, at least a step toward like, yeah, you know, you're not affirming it maybe, but you're like... At yeah. least um, existing with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or you can have a you can come come at it from a standpoint of, okay, that makes sense now at least, right? Mm-hmm. It's, and, and from then you can say, all right, well then, how do I respond to it, and why am I having the reactions to it that I'm having? Mm-hmm. What is what does my type have to say about how I'm responding to you? You know, so. Yep. Um, so I th- I thought that um, it was very interesting uh, that you talked about how fours or how fives relate to a couple different types, right? Um, and I thought I had some interesting thoughts there. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll see if I remember them. <laughs> uh, the first thing is I, I think I saw a connection when you talked about fives that are in the um, – uh, the stress, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, what what would be the word? The, the stress space or whatever it would yeah. be, right? Not flourishing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sputtering. You, you talked about how uh, that's about scarcity, right? They they feel this. There, there's a lack of something, mm-hmm. right? And everything around is not enough, right? And so it becomes a stressful situation four or five who just doesn't have enough of whatever they think they need. But then later on, you also said that at the heart of their feelings is this belief that they are actually incapable and inept, right? That they Mm -hmm. actually are not equipped well enough for that, which is before them. Right. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that is part of it. Like a lot was made in the beginning of what you discussed about the abundance and scarcity being about their energy, you know, to put forth into something, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, how much of themselves do they want to give away or how much, you know, of their privacy do they want to give away? But what if the scarcity that they're experiencing is actually a scarcity in their own self belief, mm-hmm. right? Their own like ability to say, yes, I am good enough for this. Yes, mm-hmm. I can tackle this and I can do this. Right which I, I think I've, I think I've observed that, 
you know, in some of the fives that I'm, you know, that I've encountered in, in life is, um, and I won't mention who they are, but, but just this, this aspect of, of a five kind of being really well equipped for stuff, Mm -hmm. just whatever it might be really gifted or talented or whatever. And then still having this feeling of like, eh, not good enough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I not, I'm not great at this. Can't do this. Not, you know, uh, to the point almost of like, yeah, to the point of like really causing them anxiety Mm -hmm. about not having what's good enough. Right. You know, to, to, um, to complete the task or mm-hmm. to step up to whatever the challenge might be. Right. And so yeah. I, so I thought that was interesting that, cause I've always thought of fives when you talk about scarcity, I've always thought it was, you know, scarcity of, of energy to give away I'm trying to conserve energy, which I think is a huge part of being a five, the mm-hmm. desire to conserve their energy and be careful with how they dole it out. Right. Uh, both physical and emotional and all of that. But then also to link in this idea of scarcity of self-belief mm-hmm. and believing that they're capable and whatever the opposite of inept is. <laughs> Apt? We never say it, but... Eptness. It's got to be the opposite. <laughs> uh, I've, yeah, I've heard other podcasts describe, like, talk about those words where it's always, like, the negative... Um. Like, it's always an ept. We never say ept. Right, right. That guy right. is ept. Yes. Look at how ept he is. <laughs> this amazing amount of eptiness flowing off of that person. Uh, so I, I, I thought it was interesting that fours and fives, uh, this, was, this was something that I had learned somewhere else uh, that he didn't necessarily mention. But fours and fives oftentimes become friends, right? And I have a couple of friends that are fives. Right. Um, and and I, what I remember reading was that fours and fives become friends because, um, they both have something that the other wishes that they have, right? <laughs> so like, uh, the four is aloof, right, and emotional and not grounded and, you know, not as introspective as they'd like to be, although they really want to be. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, just like it's like me wanting to be a morning person. Like I really want to be a morning person. And then morning comes and I want to stab it. <laughs> you know, and it's like so, so in the morning I'm not a morning person. Like right now I'm such a morning person. Like it's you know, yeah. it's almost midnight and I'm like, Yeah, I'm gonna get up yeah. at like four thirty. Tomorrow's the day. I'm just gonna go for a run and then we'll come back and do yoga and like meditate and stuff, and then I'm gonna write a book and then I'm gonna <laughs> go to work. <laughs> And then it's like 9.30 comes. I'm like, stupid alarm, die. <laughs> so, uh, but fours are like that. They're aloof and emotional and, and not grounded a lot of the time, right? And so they look at a five and they're like, oh yeah, I, I love analyzing things too. They, they share that like intellectual, like inquisitive, want mm-hmm. to know things, but the fives do that really well. Like right. just, they turn off all those stupid distracting <laughs> yeah. emotions you know a and dimmer they, switch built yeah, in. Yeah. yeah they digest it and then go to the bathroom and it's gone and then it's like all set right <laughs> whereas four is like i can't get this out you know uh so fives can really delve into that you know sort of mm-hmm. intellectual engagement you know and you know, i'm thinking about one of the fives that i know really well and it's like 
this person he's able to just like really engage on stuff in a level where I'm like, man, I, I love that, but I just can't do it like that. You know? So you, so you kind of become attracted right. as a four to a five for that reason. Cause you're, you're both intellectually engaged, mm-hmm. but the one is more apt <laughs> <laughs> than you. <laughs> right? And so like uh-huh. they can do this better. Right. Yeah. And then, sort of the inverse is true the five looks at the four and be like wow your emotional world is so rich look at how you feel and Mm -hmm. how that flows through you and informs your intellectual side you know my intellectual side wishes it could have all these rich beautiful colors of emotions flowing through it and so Mm -hmm. they kind of get something from each other but at the same time there's like this massive wall in between them which is like the whole enneagram because mm-hmm. if you look at the picture, I think I said this on one of the other episodes that we talked about. If you look at the diagram of the Enneagram, it's like all of the lines connect. And then when you get down to four and five, they only connect away from each other right. <laughs> to other places. You know, it's uh-huh. like it's like the four and the five are like all the way around the spectrum, like so close and yet so far. Like they're just so, you know, it's like. It's like they reach across the void towards one another and just can't, mm-hmm. you know, make contact. It's so interesting is that how drawn they are to one another, but how they can never, because the four ultimately, right, is this splayed open, you know, emotional banana just peeled, mm-hmm. you know, like this is me, this is my emotional banana peel, enjoy it, right? And and the five just it's like not going there at all, right? And then the five is like then every you know I put a banana in my lunch pail. Everything else smells like a banana. Yeah, yeah. It's just I no, don't want that in my life. It's no good. And then, and then all of a sudden there's mayonnaise and cocktail sauce. I was like, I don't even know what to wake up with a were. phone with a stab in it. <laughs> Something to do with mayonnaise. I can't remember that reference at this point. But then on the other on the other hand, right? Like the five is like just deeply engaged in inside its own psyche and mm-hmm. self to the point where it's it, you know it can only relate on certain levels. And I thought it was fascinating what you talked about with that example of of his friend. He went to the funeral and he realized like all these other parts of mm-hmm. the life that this person had and how you know. That this person, the four, was never involved in that. Whereas vice versa, the five probably knew everything about the four's life. Oh, yeah. You know? I'm sure. Because he was probably like, hey, I'll the do this was this weekend. I'll do that this yeah. weekend. I'll do that this and then And then the four looks at the five is like, you what? Yeah. <laughs> you this? And really? And that also? What? You know? It's uh-huh. like this is weird, you know? So they're so close and yet so far apart. And they end up together a lot fours and fives Mm -hmm. not in you know not just in romantic relationships but in right it seems like he even he has a lot of friendships yeah with fives yeah Yeah, because they because they get it because they both are withdrawn because they're both so different from all the others you know all the other types Mm -hmm. all the other types can be kind of a little bit more in the pool of life but Mm -hmm. fours and fives are withdrawn and so they love each other for that they're like oh yes you feel out of place and awkward and weird here too, you know? <laughs> and you need to get like, get together and you're like, oh, this is great. We can, and then you have like just enough difference where you can really inform each other's lives, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but there's a gap there that, that you really have to have something special between a four and a five to talk through that gap. 
Mm-hmm. Like you said, if, if a five tells you like a secret, mm-hmm. whoa, you know, like right. stop the presses. You are you are the most important You're person in. in that person's life, most yeah. likely, because mm-hmm. nobody gets in there. You know, uh, maybe I'm speaking from a little bit too much <laughs> experience, but this is uh, this is the real podcast. Okay, uh, the last thing I wanted to say was. Um, you had mentioned something about nines and fives having something similar as well. Uh, oh, and this, I think, this has to do with the uh, the, the uh, management of time and expectations, right? Now, isn't it like a pretty core thing that nines don't like surprises on their time, right? Like, mm-hmm. like a nine doesn't like doesn't like to you know like a, you're you're a nine, right? So. Yeah. If you have, okay, this is my afternoon. I have a whole week of work, you know, and then I'm going to get to my Saturday afternoon. I don't have anything planned and I mm-hmm. just want to leave it that way. I don't want to put anything in there. And then all of a sudden, somebody important who you really love and care about in your life says, oh, we need to do this right now. And of course, as you're as a nine, a peacekeeper, you're going to say, yeah, sure, we'll do that. It's fine. <laughs> but inside you're like, it's my yeah. only four hours. The whole week, you know, you just want to like... <laughs> Again with the stabbing, <laughs> like that's just yeah. you know it's just like stabbing myself in the stomach though with an ulcer. Yes, 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 yes. I use ulcers for my stabbing. <laughs> ulcer, ulcer is my weapon of choice because no one can see it, yeah. and it only hurts me. Yeah. <laughs> on the outside, I can look well yeah. maintained. And I got fine. it all under yeah, control. Just look at that skin tone on that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think the same thing can be said for. Um, for fives as well, right? They, they hate surprises on their time, right? Like the, the whole thing, like a meeting he described. Mm-hmm. If they're going to go to a meeting, they want to know what's the agenda, how long it's going to mm-hmm. take, who, especially who's going to be there because there's a lot of those people that I don't want to deal with, you know, because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't jam with them and that's yeah, not leave cool. leave your emotional so. baggage at the door, please. Yeah, yeah. Are there going to be any fours there? <laughs> <laughs> I love them and I hate them all at the same time. <laughs> right, so... Uh, there's a similarity there and this makes me this is my last thing and then we'll we'll get out of here but <laughs> my this this makes me think that across the the three groups in the enneagram right there's the heart type which is two threes fours there's the gut or physical or body type which is the uh eights nines and ones mm-hmm. and then there's the type that we've been talking about tonight the five six and seven which are the the head types I feel like there's like an equivalent type uh, in each, you know, group. So I wonder if the five is equivalent to the nine in that way, hmm. right? Like, right. you know, like the five and the nine and maybe the four might all be, mm-hmm. you know, kind of linked together um, in some way. It's like, because it seems to me like a nine and a five are actually like the same type. Like it's pretty much the same except for where it centers mm-hmm. right like the five is the same expression just head centered whereas the nine is the same expression of this type but mm-hmm. but gut centered whereas maybe the four is the same expression of this type just emotionally centered yeah you know which is why fours nines and fives hey just kind of pal around a little bit yeah. you know like we get along together yeah because I think there's like some types where you just you're like, eh, not gonna work. Mm-hmm. So like fours and ones, yeah, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> just from my experience, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. 
Oh, are you a one on the Enneagram? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's move away <laughs> from wherever we were living. <laughs> I feel like there's just somewhere it's just it's a maybe it's not like a no go, but it's just gonna take more effort or a special mm-hmm. way of connecting. Whereas certain types just link up and work. Yeah. You know, because because they're a similar expression of some core similarity, but right. just through a different lens. And if this is an expression of like and ancient energies that are just part of our existence, then those energies are just guiding us right toward these people. Right. Maybe it's like we talk about resonance and like um, the the law of the law of resonance, mm-hmm. like attracts like. Right. Maybe maybe it is sympathetic resonance, like we would understand through different instruments. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's the same pitch, but played one's played on a violin and one's played on a wind instrument like a flute mm-hmm. and the other one's played on a percussion instrument like a marimba yeah you know so it's like you got wind you got string you got yeah. percussion is all making or a didgeridoo or something. of course yeah a hurdy-gurdy i hope people have made it to this point <laughs> It's the first time we've ever sung Donovan on the podcast, yeah. I think. Yeah. That was a great song. Hurdy Gurdy Man. Do you know that one? Did he do uh, Mellow Yellow as well? Yeah. They call it Mellow Yellow. Yeah. <laughs> Donovan. Yeah. All right. We'll link to Donovan on the show notes now. Because <laughs> of four wood. Uh, but yeah. I like I like that idea of of like each section having like a connecting... Uh, partner. Yeah, it feels like it. Yeah. Right. Or connecting triad. Yeah. Because it, it makes sense, like, for types to be able to link up with other types that are in their same section. You know, mm-hmm. like heart types are always going to get along with right. heart types. Yeah. Because you just you come from that same place. Yeah. You might express it differently. So now it's the same. You know, it's like playing in the same section. Right. We're all violinists right. over yeah. here, but we're. But I, you're first violin, I'm second violin, you know, like if you're the three, then you're definitely the first violin. <laughs> right. So it's like it's the it's we're all string instruments over here. We mm-hmm. kind of get it, you know, yeah. and then we're all percussionists over here. We kind of get it. We're mm-hmm. all wind instruments over here. We kind of get it, you know, but but I, and then but as you look across, like, you know, just in, in composition, you know, they would tell composers in composing classes like violin and flute are very much interchangeable in hmm. composition because of their range because mm-hmm. of their you know their intonation of the way they cut through a a particular right. you know orchestral setting you can use them like you could use a you could have a violin melody and then but you could also have a flute melody and it would mm-hmm. accomplish mostly the same goal compositionally speaking right, right. so but it's going to sound different yeah it would create maybe a different kind of emotion or feeling yeah yeah but but they they connect right, mm-hmm. whereas the yeah. the cello might be a little bit more akin to, uh, if we're talking wind instruments, the cello might be a little more akin to like a trombone or something, right? You know, it's like it's a different range, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's just like there's parallels there, that it's the same kind of energy but coming through a different medium, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so something to be explored for sure. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I think that's all that I have time for. And if we go any longer, I'm going to start ranting about fives. So, (laughs) 
I have many positive five relationships in my life. Yeah, uh, I think I do too. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to. Uh, oh, you got to close out over there. Well, um, you know, when you're listening to this, everyone already knows, but I'll be the actually literally first to tell you that the Bills lost. So I don't know if we do we pour one out for them or do we use it uh no. the next beer to pour yeah, one out. The, yeah, the the, the bills, bills losing it's not worth wasting a decent beer. No, not this not this beer. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good beer. Let's not waste this one on the bill. I have an NA beer that mom gave me. We can pour that out for the bills. Oh, there you go. <laughs> she gave that to you at the lake, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. yeah she she left some around. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were the ones she left. Yeah, she's like, I don't want these. Maybe somebody yeah. else does. These sat out <laughs> overnight at the lake. Take it home. I love you. <laughs> Such a five. She's not a five. <laughs> she's trying to she's trying to please you. Yep. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Jason, for uh, your delving into a deep topic this evening. We appreciate that. I look forward to uh, what we have coming up next. And um, we should be uh, sending you another episode in a week from now. And that will be that'll be yeah. me. It'll be a deep study New... on the didgeridoo. Yeah. The hurdy-gurdy. <laughs> deep Wait, down. are those the same thing? No, not at all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so every time I say didgeridoo, you say hurdy-gurdy. Because hurdy-gurdy is more like four-ish than didgeridoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like if when I, you know, I'm saying uh, dugong is the same as... Uh, <laughs> Dugong. Yeah. What's that? A manatee. It's like another name for a manatee. <laughs> I thought I you were. I didn't know. I thought you were failing at making a pun. <laughs> always. <laughs> the answer is always. That's what I do. I fail at pun making. All right. Well, that's all we got for you for tonight. Uh, sorry, this episode's so short. Um, and we'll <laughs> look forward to being back uh, next week for another episode. Anything else you want to add? Send us an email. We didn't yep. get any emails tonight. Brothers at music of the spheres podcast.com. Find us on the social medias. Uh, share our show with your friends. Send us to the or send them to the website and that will give them the platforms. Please, if you can, give us uh, a rating or a review um, or a subscribe or a follow on whatever platform you're listening on. They're all a little bit different, but uh, whatever you can do, that'd be great. And uh, I think that's everything. From the deepest parts of our beings, we thank you for being a part of our universe here on the Music of the Spheres podcast. Have a great week.
Yeah. This life we it's like a, it's this life we live is like a sandwich without bread, you know? It was just right. it's just meat and cheese and condiments all over the place. <laughs> condiments, yeah. My know, hands are covered with mustard running down your leg again. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when that happens. Cuz then it's no good to put in the salad. Right. Now we should talk about <laughs> wake up with an eye full of cocktail sauce. <laughs>